The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I'm back again. So nice. We decided to do it, not once, not twice, but like fucking seven times in one weekend. Are Mike and I a little batshit crazy? Yes, we are, but you already knew that. This morning, I think this is actually probably the most tense it's been uh, in this rip-snort weekend here in Baltimore, recording all these crazy podcasts. Well, not, I'm not, Mike is giving me a crazy look because I did lock him out of the house and he had to scale the building and come in through a window. So I'm not saying like it's the, I have not like. introduced you yet. God damn it. Um, no, it's, it's not the most tense it's been at any point in the socializing, but definitely on the episode, Mike really wants to bring you guys great audio content. He's a little bit on edge about it, but I just think we have the, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry? I, th- I just think we had the gain up a little bit too loud for some of the episodes. So well, we'll figure that, that out. We'll the good thing is we have a wonderful guest for you today. That is bringing a beautiful energy. I love how happy and encouraging he has walked into this house today. He has been patient and listen up for anybody that wants to bring it, be on the show. He brought all of his own tools, ingredients, and equipment, which we love. We absolutely love a prepared guest because when Mike and I are shit rocking around trying to hold this this show together with popsicle sticks and glue. It's great when we can get a little help. Without further ado, I'm not going to stretch this intro any longer. I need to welcome in the one, the only, Michael Windsor. Hey, Steve. You look so smart and handsome today. Thanks, buddy. It actually feels real today. Um, I saw myself in the mirror and I was like, you know what? You are smart and handsome, buddy. <laughs> um, it's been so much fun hanging out with you this weekend and doing these awesome shows in person. Um, Ed O last night. God, he crushed. It was awesome. Edo, in fact, crushed so hard, we're a little worried about releasing all of Edo's content because it got right down to the grain there on a few stories. But love that guy. One of my favorite uh, co-workers I've ever worked with. So happy to finally have him on. And an amazing appearance from his son, Wyatt, who just got on and crushed over the phone. So cool. Shout out to you, buddy. I uh, hope you're not listening. Yeah, to this. <laughs> it is not appropriate. Now, Mike, you know, usually we start the show with me asking you what's new. Mm-hmm. However, um, I want to kind of direct it in a little bit different, different uh, uh, vein today. Okay. So last night, I found out that you had never seen the movie Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Yeah. An absolute <laughs> classic and one of the greatest bar movies ever. Come at me. Get in my mentions. I don't give a fuck. I will I will debate the best bar movies anytime you people want. Roadhouse, easily top three for me. It's on my Mount Rushmore. No questions about it. I love Dalton. I love Sam Elliott. I love Kelly uh, Lynch. I just, I, Brad Wesley, you know? What What was, Mike, what was your favorite line from the whole movie? <laughs> Go on, tell the people. I used, to fu- I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you're working in the bar business, if you're working in the bar business and you haven't watched Roadhouse, do yourself a favor and watch the 1989 classic about a hired gun bouncer that goes around the country 
uh, uh, wrangling bars that are out of control. The, what I'd like to do for the, today's What's New, Mike, is I want your honest Roadhouse movie review. Well, I'm not a cinephile like you, so I can't give you a very good review. Dude, honestly, I did really enjoy it. It's yeah. like it, it, it's like one of those movies that we were talking about. Like There are parts where it's unintentionally they funny. They are not trying to be funny and at that all. that is the funniest People shit are dying. Me, yeah. Brad Wesley is terrorizing this whole town. And the whole time, you're just crying laughing. You yeah, especially at the stop. hair, for God's oh, sake. The, the hair, hair is absurd. The outfits, the general... I love some of the the quick cuts they do in the movie when like because there's about seventeen thousand fights in the movie. Everybody's getting stabbed every five minutes. Um, everybody has a knife for some reason every scene. But uh, whenever shit is about to pop off, you ever notice how there's always that quick cut to some role character? It's like, good golly! Yeah, <laughs> they, the exclamations are ridiculous. They're so like fake. It's just so yeah. good, so good. What, what was your favorite part of the movie? Um, Dude, I mean, I I just enjoy. I don't know if there was a scene. There were just so many like one-liners and like little like bits of conversations. Like, yep, married an ugly woman. <laughs> just that kind of shit. Never do that. Just that kind of shit. It was yeah. just we were we were. Then just she laughing. left me. Found somebody ugly. So found than she somebody was. even uglier than she was. <laughs> God damn it! How about the monster that, truck scenes? That's like ridiculous. The, yeah, that's right, guys. This bar movie has a monster truck in it with monster truck scenes, plural. So we, how about, how about we, the ending? Don't ruin it. But what was your general take on the ending? It's controversial. I don't like it personally. Uh, why? How so? Well, it's just so it's so campy. I mean, oh, you mean like actually how they f- complete the movie? The, all the townspeople just coming out like, oh it's yeah, just, what, this would never happen. Oh, yeah. Come on. It was good. I really enjoyed it. Favorite character? Oh, uh, the uh, the fucking cow, you know the the older guy. Wait, what's Wade? Wade, Wade oh, Garrett. Yeah. Oh yeah, easily the best, yeah. the best cooler in the business. Yeah. Wade Garrett, but he's getting old. Yeah. Sam he's still the best. Yes, he's awesome. What's up, Miho? <laughs> um, all right, last question, then we'll move on. I need you to rank Kelly Lynch's tits. I'm sorry, that's I'm not going to do that. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it is a gratuitous movie. Um, it is so for those of you out there that may. Uh, maybe used to movies of the 90s and 2000s. Take it with a grain of salt. The 80s was a weird time. Cocaine was a hell of a drug, and Hollywood was going bonkers batshit crazy. So uh, please take it with a grain of salt, but it's a funny movie. It's an action movie. It's Patrick Swayze at his absolute peak. It's Kelly Lynch off the top rope as a sexy doctor. She's a, she's a hot doctor, you know? Um, so please give that a try if you haven't. It will make you think... Uh, be a little bit more appreciative about the bar or restaurant that you work in where you don't have to worry about getting stabbed every five fucking minutes. Um, but I love it. What is your overall rating for the movie? Uh, 10 out of 10. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I don't believe you, but I'll take it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I heard a lot of laughs from, uh, yeah, from, well, from the living room as I was trying to fall asleep last night. All right. Uh, without further ado, guys, we want to thank all you wonderful listeners out there Barflies, new listeners, and casual listeners alike. We do this show for you guys. It's not our day job. It's been a struggle for us to do it remote. We are we are kind of, you know, beating the pavement to find new guests. And uh, the thing that continually motivates us on a regular basis is the support that we get from the listeners. You guys reaching out to us, um, you know, on social media or via email. You guys lo- liking and following the show, sharing the show. It has been so special for Mike and I to watch this community build in a grassroots sort of way. And, um, you know, if you guys can help us keep doing that, we'll do this more. We'll come to your city. We'll interview local bartenders from your town. um, And we can really keep hunting down these great stories, memorializing this wonderful business. You want to say something, Mike? I know you want to. You really 
felt kind of uh, sentimental about this. No, this I, do, I just really do appreciate it. Even if all if you're just a listener, when when we go and see our uh, analytics and we see that the show is yeah you know getting bigger, it's it's so exciting. And even though Steve and I love doing this podcast and we would do it e- anyway, it's really hard. You it's listeners hard. and the support we get uh, really encourages us to keep really trying to put it out there. And I know we're bad about that, but uh, we really do appreciate it. this. Has been so much fun. And if you love listening, thank you. And if you want to get involved, reach out. We, you know, we'll, Please, we'll do something. Yeah, the end of the episode has a. Very detailed outro, all the ways you can get involved or just rep the show, you know. Um, or if you want more fun things to do in your life, you're a little bored. We have a lot of cool events and, and little things that we're doing kind of on the side, side projects that uh, that would be a ton of fun if you guys want to join us. So listen to that outro and, and uh, also listen to the mid-roll too. That's when all the wonderful executive producers who support the fo- show financially, we shout out their names and their drink of choice. So give them some love as well. Um, I did I did want to say, you know, if you are an avid listener, you know that a couple episodes back, Mike and I teased that we very nearly broke up. And we're not talking about the podcast. We're talking about, you know, our, our romance. Uh, it almost ended in a flaming ball of vicious emails. And uh, Mike and I have been debating actually posting those emails no, for all of you to read. No, um, they might need to be redacted just a bit due to the language. is somehow worse than what we actually share on this show. But... Um, We'll, we'll discuss. We'll, maybe we'll, we'll see what the listeners have to say. Get a vote going on that one. Uh, lastly, guys, before we get into the show, you know, as always, we put a, a great importance on mental health. It's a daily practice, something that we are all uh, challenged and struggling with. Um, but this this business, you know, the the restaurant business, any industry where you're working in service of others, it will wear you down. And it's a lot of human capital that you're expending. It's a lot of stress. It's long hours. And I'm, too many of us are not making mental health a daily focal point for our overall health, and it's really important. If you're out there, you're self-medicating, um, you're bottling it up and keeping it inside, please do not hesitate to talk to somebody. Mike always provides professional resources that you can reach out to, a hotline that you can call at the end of the show. If you need help, please call that. If you're just struggling, you want to talk to somebody, look, Mike and I have been through a lot of this ourselves, worked in the business, we know the struggle. Reach out to us. We're not professional counselors, but we are here to chat with you. We can be a sounding board. DM us, email us, and let's, uh, you know, let's have a conversation. We want you guys to come back and enjoy the show with us and have a ton of fun, but you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. As Mike always says, This world is a more interesting place with you in it. Damn straight. All right, y'all. It has been a ton of fun uh, sharing a little bit about Roadhouse, doing all these pods this week, and we have another great one for you. We have Evan Bosco joining us today. I'm sorry? Ask me if I'm ready to go at the end of this. Okay. Uh, we have, all right, guys. Hold on. Mike's Mike's doing a radio tease. Let me let me set him up again. All right. We have Evan Bosco joining us today with the Namibia Verde. Mike, you what? doing okay? No. Ask me if I'm ready. Are you ready, Mike? Does a hobby horse have a wooden dick? Oh, yeah. oh, damn it. <laughs> damn it. I wish that was smoother. I know. I shouldn't have said it's all right. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Right. Guys, Evan Bosco, Namibia Verde. Evan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you, and Happy thank to be you. Here. Thank you for being patient. Thank you. You know, as always, I feel like that is the number one thing we actually say to our guests. Thank you for benevolence. Yes. Thank you for being patient. But um, five, ten, ten minutes of my time, no problem. Awesome. How about three hours? Because that's what we're gonna need. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> well, look, I appreciate you bringing all the equipment, showing up on time, and uh, and and just being. 
a, a wonderful positive spirit as Mike and I have got the mic set up and got everything set up this morning. You have just constantly been encouraging. What was it? What was the first thing you said? You guys were like, save it. We need room to grow. Oh, I said, I said, guys, the energy's at a 10 right now. Let's dial it back to an eight. Start the show off right. Yeah. Uh, but give us some more to give us some room to grow. I love I love that sentiment, right? Yeah. Like if you start a bar, a restaurant shift, and like six of the other bartenders are like, "Oh, it's gonna be one today!" Ah, oh, motherfucker! These right? You need to almost be like, "Okay, yeah." If you're there already, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late, guys. This is where we're trying to get later. Yeah, give yourself room to get angrier. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're going to get angrier. Just yeah, you're not doing enjoy your, it. You're not doing yourself or the customers justice if you you come out as a ten, right? Yeah. You gotta. What, what do they say? Uh, Underselling like, your angst. It's like a fireworks display. You know, there's the the big climax at the end, the finale. You have to build the finale. You can't start with it because right. then everybody's expecting. Imagine more. a fireworks show of just finales. Oh, it's just wow. <laughs> I mean, it'd be great for like a minute. Do, do we quit this <laughs> and, and then, just go into fireworks? And seizure. Like it'd be great for a minute, and then the entire crowd seizes up. See, this is where my ADHD riddled brain uh, has left what we're doing here. And now I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the guy that what he does for a living is he's a fire worker. I'm like, sorry, did you say you're fire a fire worker. firefighter? That's no, the I work. Term, I sure. work in I work in fireworks. I'm a boom guy. I make it go boom. <laughs> I make pretty light in the sky. Uh, <laughs> this is the problem, guys. I'm telling you, this is the problem. You guys wonder why I go down all these goddamn rabbit holes. All right. Evan, I'm so happy to have you on. It's been a quick turnaround. Uh, you know, a lot of our guests, you know, we we get after them to be on the show, and it's kind of like this cat and mouse game where we finally pin them down over the course of a couple years. You, uh, you uh, worked right down the street at one of my favorite establishments. I'm gonna let you get into to where we met, um, but I really just sat down at the bar, told you, hey, I do a podcast. You were like, I'd. I'll come on it. And I was like, boom, done. Two weeks later, here you are sitting in the chair. Mike's in town. It was very serendipitous, the timing, but I'm so happy you joined us today. Um, I, I, what was your interest in doing the show? Had you ever done a podcast before, or is it just maybe the subject matter? No, I've done TV. I've done radio. Um, I've been, we've, we've had various stints on like WBL and other places in Baltimore, other yeah. news stations. Uh, my brother's a voice actor, but I've never done any podcasts and, you know. I, you know, any chance to just get out of yeah. the restaurant, genuinely, and just have a good time? Yeah. Uh, these sorts of things are so much fun. People are like, uh, the first time you go and do a radio show or a TV show, they're always like, just calm down. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and you're always panicked. And even to this day, like you get that like jitter like two minutes before you start. And it all fades away. It's so funny because just... with this show, though, the guest is coming in like, just calm down. Don't worry. Everything's going <laughs> to yeah, be yeah, fine. Yeah. The, the, guest, the guest is the one talking the, talking the host off the ledge. Um, I've, I've done it a lot. Yeah. It is. It, you, you're a keen observer of that because one of the things that we see on the show all the time is the, you know, a lot of people have never done a podcast or let alone even spoken to a microphone for a recording, right? And what they do is they sit down. You can tell, right? The cocktail history they're still a little nervous you know they're talking about their service into their career and they're kind of not setting up the stories with a lot of detail and then all of a sudden we ask them pet peeves and misconceptions <laughs> and, and like, it's i'll fucking go yeah. just yeah. Let, let open <laughs> open the line That's i'll just run it's like we we did it uh, we did that strategically mike and i were like right, we really need a question that's easy that will really get the juices flowing for everyone how about 
the one that where it makes everybody angry. Right? <laughs> it's, a, it's emotion. Emotion yeah. is the thing that people will talk about. And it's crazy it because going. you see it. They immediately settle in. They get more comfortable. And, and, and you know, as the pod goes on, you almost forget the microphone. Yeah, and then by the, the second half of the gauntlet, you're incriminating yourself. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're sitting out here talking and cutting the shit. But that's awesome. I, um, I'm excited to get your perspective because um, so many of our guests I've known for a long time. You know, they're industry vets that I've worked with. They're friends. Um, they're friends of Michael's. We have this rapport. You're somebody that I only met recently, right? You know, I've been coming to, uh, can I say, I can say yeah. it, right? I've been coming to Verde for a while, which is this incredible, I'm going to let, how do you guys position yourselves? Uh, we are the premier Neapolitan pizza restaurant in Baltimore. Yeah. That's it, like our tagline. Okay. So wood-fired Neapolitan pizza is our thing. We do all sorts of other Neapolitan specialties. I've always wondered what the specific pizza style was. It's Neapolitan. Okay. I, you know, when people ask me about it, where's the best pizza, I'm conflicted, right? Because I always say, you could go to Matthew's, you know, it's this Baltimore staple, little hole in the wall. They have a very specific type of pizza, Mm -hmm. you know, that old focaccia dough, and it's great, Right. But more and more often, I'm telling them, you got to go to Verde's, and here's why. Great cocktails. It's an atmosphere that Matthews can't offer you. It is, you know, Matthews doesn't, they don't really lean into the rapport. They're trying to get you your pizza and get you the fuck out of their five. Babe, I love you. We have three recordings today. We need to stay on track here. Let's get, let's get to the drink. Anyway, let's get to the drink. Love Verde. Love Verde. And we met, the, you know, maybe a couple weeks back. And, and I just love your willingness to do this. And I... um. Uh, I, I think it's partially out of promoting Verde, yeah. you know, but it's also, I think, out of your love for the industry. And we immediately connect on yeah. that. We're chopping up cocktails five minutes into to us meeting, so it makes sense. Um, all right. Michael's right. Thank you. Mike's got to keep us on track. Thanks, Sexy. Mom, and mom has spoken. Hey, and by the way. What the fuck? I'm mom? Is that? Is that I mean, whoa. You, you want to be dad? I that was care. a compliment. It's, it's funny mean, because mean? it's a woman. <laughs> That's a compliment, Mike. Sorry, some of, the, some of the stuff that we've said on some of these recordings yeah. are just... They're inside jokes. It, it's yeah. 2023. You can both be dad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not worry about it. <laughs> if you, uh, it's really, the question is who's the top and who's the bottom. You really. can be both, buddy. You can be both. <laughs> it's uh, called verse. Yeah, we're, we're versatile. Anyway, I appreciate you keeping me on track. And also, it was so kind how you did it. Mm-hmm. Maybe try that a little bit the, more. The, so the second or third one will be a little bit more yeah, snarky, yeah, I yeah. imagine. <laughs> so tell us about this drink. We have the Nibib- so, so Nibia Verde. Nibia. I said Nibibia. Nibibia. <laughs> Which I think is maybe a country in Africa at yeah, some point. Yeah, it's, it's not that. And that doesn't really make sense for the cocktail, but it's the Nibia Verde. Yeah, so the Nibia Verde is a green mist in Italian. Okay. Um, it's our take on a Moscow mule. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be our signature cocktail. It was originally made for a, uh, a charity event called Rise Up for Cystic Fibrosis, Okay. Uh, which gets put on all the time. Um, and you have to make a cocktail with rye. You're going to notice it has vodka in it. Rise Up. It's, yeah. gone, it's gone through a few different iterations uh it was originally like a ginger tincture with rye because it's a cocktail contest at the end of the day so sure. you you know you go a little bit all out and then you bring it back to the bar and you're like i'm not making a tincture and using rye and doing yeah. and like smoking a glass and doing all this so you know you, you dial it down a little bit so we've got a basil, basil ginger simple syrup uh that we use in, in place of all that it's a great that's a great yeah. concoction i'm just thinking about so that if you imagine a basil moscow mule served up with no carbonation. That's that's the cocktail. If you want to like just wrap your head around it at home. That is a great choice to serve it up. So many, you know, every when you think the Moscow Mule, copper glass, ice in it. It's mm-hmm. fine. But I, I do think it's going to be a little bit more enjoyable in a coupe. I've never drank. Yeah. It's more sippable. Yeah. Like a Moscow drank. Mule, I always feel like I have to throw it down because the carbonation gets to going. And, you know, the little higher sugar content. And you're like, well, it's they, in a mug. They trick me, right? Yeah. It's, I, I start drinking it like coffee and ice is splashing in my face. And I'm like, this is not what I want. So I think the coupe glass is going to be a, yeah. a nice ch- change of pace. And I'm excited about that. 
Why Why did you pick this one in particular for the show? Uh, so a few reasons. One, we put it on the menu nine years ago, maybe ten. Ooh. We've been open 11 years. It's been on the menu as long as I can remember. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's a bright, like, organic phosphorescent green. Like, when, you, when, you, when, I, when I make it, you'll see it. It looks like you've seen some of those, like, cocktails with Midori in them. Yeah. That are, like, artificially green. Yeah. Ooh. This is, like, the basil syrup, like, makes it a beautiful, like, almost, like, shamrock shake Ooh. tile. Ooh. Like, I'm from Chicago, so the Chicago River, it reminds me of the Green River. Really? Yeah. Like, it just, every time I see it, I think, oh, St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. Ooh. Spring, yeah. floral, uh-huh. all, the, all those kind of uh, vibes that it invokes. And, it, and it's, a, it's a perennial cocktail. Like, it's great every, all, all yeah. year. Because the ginger is great in the uh, in the winter. I fucking love ginger. Yeah. It is so great to work with. You can be like, this is a Christmas drink because it's got ginger in it. This is a summer drink because it's got ginger. In it. It's nice <laughs> and refreshing. And it's it is it is a Bar- fun bartender's hack. Yes, yeah. it's Turns one of the store is not bartender's ketchup. It's actually ginger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually never heard Angostura called bartender's ketchup. Yeah, you've not? No, that's no, a that's, great line. That is genuine Angostura bitters. I'm and stealing Amaro that di Angostura, which is one of my favorite Amaros to use in a cocktail. I want a skinful also of, uh, of uh, bartender's ketchup. I could, <laughs> I could drink Angostura bitters straight out the bottle. I love that shit. All right. So tell the people a little bit how you part it and mm-hmm. put it together um, yeah. uh, process-wise so that they can make it if they're listening along at home. So you've got to make the basil ginger simple syrup, which to your taste, you can you – can, it's simple syrup. So one part sugar, one part water, uh, 50-50. And then you just throw basil and ginger in there until it feels right. Okay. You can go a little heavier on the ginger if you want it hotter. You don't even have to peel or, you know, dice really? the garlic. You, you can't. You probably should peel the garlic. It'll make the infusion faster. You mean ginger. Or, sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Ginger. Don't put garlic in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, or you, do. If you, pe- if you peel the ginger, you get more surface area. It'll infuse faster, but okay. it's not necessary. You, you don't even have to, like, mince it. If you grate it, it'll go faster. Yeah. But we just slice it up into small really? pieces. Yeah, and just like, let it kind yeah. of, like, boil out. Just let it boil and sit in there. Wow. Okay. Um, throw the basil in there. And then, you know, put it on the heat. Let it just sit in there. We let it sit for, a couple, like, a day or two. Yeah, so it just it, really it, steeps. It, it, It's like a stew. The longer it sits, yeah. it'll kind of... Um, Congeal and yeah. form together. Uh, so you've got that. That's about... That's three quarters of an ounce. Okay. Ounce of lemon juice. Okay. Um, and then an ounce and a half of your favorite vodka. All right. And uh, then I have top, stru- but uh, so yeah. And then we, we use a fee foam that's presentation. Um, it's, it's this, it's this cool fee brothers, uh, foaming agent. Okay. Uh, it doesn't change the taste much at all. And, and that's more for a presentation. It's presentation. Yeah. Okay. It, it's like a fake egg white. So it's a great vegan egg white substitute. That's awesome. Uh, it's got a little citric acid in it. It's shelf stable. You just put a dash in there. just like you would with bitters, shake it up and it creates this lovely, like centimeter foam on top. That's beautiful. And I love that you brought that. You didn't have to, but I, did, didn't, I didn't. No, I wanted to look good for you guys. He didn't I want you guys detail. to be able to appreciate it as it were. And then the, the, the glass is just, you know, you get a small rinse of Sambuca. Wonderful. And that's just, just a little anise on the end. Really? Mellow, so you yeah. rin- you're rinsing that in and out. And yeah. Then- so I, yeah, there's, I have an atomizer. If you're at, if you're at home, you have a home bar, put a anisette or, you know, Sambuca, pastis, whatever you want. Uh, the thing I can't think of that's made with wormwood. Oh. That is escaping uh, absinthe. absinthe. Malort? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like an, ab- like an absinthe rinse. We have Malort downstairs. A, you want me to go get it for you? I'm from Chicago. I've I've had Malort. You know what I'm doing? Oh, I, know <laughs> so you I have. love how he says, I had Malort. That, we can end the podcast with that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll all grimace at the I end. Don't wanna, no, we didn't like it either. I, yeah, we, no one likes it. We, we literally... Uh, That's not true. Our guest, our guest this weekend, guess what her uh, cocktail of the for the show was? I don't know. Hot Malort in a champagne flute. Champagne of hot, pain. as in warm? As in put as into... As in hot. 
As in put on the stove and cook to a boil and then pour it into a champagne flute with a natty light can backing it up. Now, you know what's funny? That. When you told her uh, if she brought that, you would lock her out of the house. Oh, I never even that never even clicked. We should call her. Yeah, he, you, he accidentally locked you out of the house. I he locked her, her out of the house too. too. Oh. She, had to, she had to go get a hotel. <laughs> but I feel terrible. She also could have climbed the back like I did. But anyway, uh, oh she whenever we were messaging, he was like, "If you bring that to my house, I'm locking you out. You're not getting into my house." She should have listened. That's what I'm going to tell her. You're more of a prophet and less than a podcast host, Steve. Oh, God. That was so nice. Thank you. All right. So, <laughs> so should I get to it? I want you to get to it okay. um, just very quickly. Dry shake, wet shake. What uh, wet shake. Wet shake. So ice, shake it up, and then strain it over. Strain it into your favorite coupe glass, yeah. your martini glass. And we've already talked the coupe to death, so I'm not going to yeah. do that again, guys. You, talk, right, about, I'm you le- talk about the boob, I imagine. Yes. Everyone loves the boob story. Oh, it's great. Well, it's, it's great a, when, it's the guys, when the guys are saying, uh, can you bring it to me in like a manly glass? And it's like, dude, you're drinking out of a tit, you fucking moron. Yeah, like, you don't know it doesn't get more manly than that. I'll tell you what. There were so many coupe glasses in Roadhouse. You guys, it are, was you guys, just, are, ju- you guys are jumping <laughs> in one of my pet peeves. No. All right. I'm going to let you complain about glasses. I'm going to ask you to just pop your headphones off for a second. Why don't you head over to the bar and mix that up for Michael and I. Guys, if you're listening along, throw your ingredients in the shaker and get shaken up. I'm going to share a little bit of cocktail history. Now, because this drink is so specific, right? You know, Evan mentioned that they made the original drink with rye. It was for a charity event. And they've kind of uh, deconstructed it to where we are now with the Nibia Verde. Um, I couldn't really do a cocktail history specifically on that. So what I decided to do was Moscow Mules. Mm. Because... At the basis, this is, in some derivative sense, a Moscow Mule. It's got mm. the ginger. It's got a, the vodka. A riff on a classic, Yeah, right? a riff on a classic. So the drink was first um, actually written down and described in 1930 in the Savoy Cocktail Book. George Sinclair, reviewing that book in 2007 for the New York Herald, wrote, The mule was born in Manhattan, but it stalled on the West Coast. The birthplace of the little Moscow was New York's Chatham Hotel, that was back in 1941 when the first carload of Jack Morgan's cock and bull ginger beer was railing over the plains to give New Yorkers a happy surprise. I just love that there was an actual, like, oh, that's a beautiful sound. Keep going. <laughs> I just love that there's an actual company called Cock and Bull, the president of which was named John Morgan, known as Jack. Jack, the the master of Cock and Bull, um, literally called himself the master. Um, it, this was uh, they made all different types of bar related products, mixers and you know libation additives and things like that. Um, they eventually actually had their own restaurant in New York. Guess what it was called? Cock and Bull. Cock and Bull. How'd you find? How'd you figure that one out? For the longest time, the staple there was called the Little Moscow. Eventually, this drink came to be known as the Moscow Mule. Now, I start with that cocktail history because that is kind of the official unofficial story. However. As you guys may remember from many of our shows that involve Prohibition era and kind of Prohibition root style cocktails, that is in question. There are some other origin stories that bleed a little controversy into that. So despite that being the well-known story, um, there is actually uh, another version that came out later in 2007 to uh, to challenge that New York Herald article. This was written by Eric Felton in the Wall Street Journal. He was actually interviewing the grandson of the original cock and bull owner, um, a guy named Wes Price. And, uh, and Felton asked Wes uh, about, 
you know, some of the drinks he invented in the, in the certain time and the recording of some of these things in the Savoy cocktail book. And Wes says, yeah, actually, I'm responsible for coming up with the Moscow Mule. I created it in 1941 at the Cock and Bull. I was, you know, working there as a bartender and manager. And he goes, I just wanted to clean out the basement. <laughs> he goes, Price, Price said of creating the Moscow Mule, I was trying to get rid of a lot of dead stock. The first one I mixed together um, uh, for an actor, Broderick Crawford, just thinking, hey, I'll get rid of this stock and he'll think and it's, he'll a, think fancy, it's, great. He'll think it's a fancy drink. Ooh, and then he goes, it caught wildfire, uh, Price Bragg. So I love how that this was one of those classic like mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, he was like, all right, what do I got? Okay, I got a little bit of vodka. Okay, I got a little bit of ginger beer. You know, and he throws it all together and it becomes the Moscow Mule. Um, the last little thing I wanted to share with you guys was how this particular drink, does anybody, do any of you guys associate it with a particular area? No. Obviously it has uh, Moscow. Other than Moscow? Yeah, yeah, yeah thank, thank you. Right. Yeah. That was kind of me being tongue in cheek. It has Moscow in the title and I think because of vodka, right? It's got vodka yeah. for a uh, cocktail, but it is wholly not in any way a European or Russian drink. It is an American drink. It's just because we were using vodka to make it. Um, the ginger beer uh, that was first used for it was produced here in the States by Cock and Bowl. I just, I don't know why. When I think ginger beer, I think like Northeastern cities. And I think that's, you know, I just think of it as a very like cocktail bar, industrial city, you know, even a city like Chicago. Mm -hmm. But the, the Moscow Mule was actually the unofficial drink of the state of California hmm. for a while, which kind of was surprising to me. Um, hmm. In 19, uh, 1942, the Hollywood Insider actually labeled Moscow, the Moscow Mule as the most popular drink anywhere in Los Angeles. Um, it said already the, the Mule is climbing up into the, excuse, the exclusive handful of the most popular drinks anywhere in California. I don't really think of California when I think of this drink, you know? No. Um, so I just thought that was interesting that at one point this was regionally very associated with Hollywood and California and, and L.A. And if you don't like Moscow Mules and your friends are drinking them, you can be an asshole and be like, you know, when they were just trying to get rid of stock when they made that drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't actually a drink. This was just like the trash bin that, yeah. they, that they rolled out. Exactly. Push for. the fish. It's about to turn. Hey, can you uh, hold that up? And yes. we're going to take a picture yeah, of you. I think this here. is our actually last picture we have on our disposable Here's, camera. Look at Beautiful. Well done, Michael. Oh, it is the last one. It, it just it just looks like I drank all mine already. We're gonna raise <laughs> our cheers. We're gonna raise our glass in the air and have a cheers. Cheers. Lovely. As we always say, don't just listen along. Do your laundry. <laughs> drink, drink along. along. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh That's God. delicious. I love basil. I, I just fucking too. love basil, man. Yeah, you get that nose from the fresh basil leaf on top. Mm. If you want to know about a garnish, dehydrated lime, lemon wheel or lime wheel works great. Uh, those mm. are that's actually my favorite garnish behind the bar. Yeah, low maintenance, shelf stable. You can eat it too. Yeah, you can eat it. That's I love dehydrated fruit, man. Yeah, it's it's garnishes have to be edible. Yeah, that's a stance I'll take. That's a thing. For <laughs> yeah, that's that's if just a hard and fast. If rule. you're gonna put something on a drink, it's got to be edible. I like that. What about I mean, what about the little umbrellas? No, no, <laughs> no. Because I, technically, you could eat the orange slice in your old fashioned. Mm. Yeah, like you eat, you could eat the rind. Yeah, you shouldn't, but you can. You can. I can't eat an umbrella. 
No. So I, mean, I, I guess can't. I could eat an umbrella. Well, you know, yeah, but it keeps your drink from getting watered down when it rains. Evan, have you ever have you ever played 20 Questions? You're familiar with the game 20 I have, Questions? Yeah. We uh Dirty Tom who came on the show, this will be quick, Mike. Dirty Tom who came on the show, he loves to pick the most obscure things and pretty much lie when you ask him the leading questions. Mm-hmm. So one time we asked him, "Is it edible?" And he says, "Yeah, it's edible, sure." It was wind chimes. Yeah. Okay. The it, word was it, wind chimes. Is it meant to be consumed? He goes, "Well, you shouldn't eat it, but you could." Oh my he goes, god! Technically, it is edible, and I was like, "You knew what I meant." <laughs> you should. I meant was it food? Well, yeah. <laughs> we, we got to see Dirty Tom with Regina, and she, he asked what her drink was, and we were like, "It was fucking hot malort." And immediate he visceral PTSD yeah. reaction where he was like, "Oh!" Like, as he, mm. you just tell, he, he just brought back all that. All we that, have that Sue's taste. at the bar, and that's the closest I can get to malort Ugh. outside of Chicago. You know, I, I love Amari's, and you guys have yeah. my favorite selection around. I mean, you're where I go if I just need a, a quick sip there. And uh, I was happy not to see a few bottles <laughs> up there. Um, I think you have a good... A I, I wish Jaeger was there. Not on the Amaro show. As do I, but, but I'm not allowed to drink it anymore. Why not? Oh, really? Like self-imposed? Uh, it's kind of like... Mike imposed? Like, no, it was an intervention. It was kind friends. of a light intervention for okay. my friends in college. Jaeger's, Jaeger's delicious. Yeah, drink, it is. drink in moderation. That's the problem. I love it. I <laughs> yeah, love that's it. one of the only things we like never say on the show is please drink responsibly. <laughs> We're always like drink. <laughs> please long. do that. Please yeah. do that. Drink responsibly and do your laundry responsibly yeah. too. Um, <laughs> just, just learn yourself. Learn your limit. All right, let's let's hop right into it. So right oh. now, what we're going to do is what's called the drinkton. This is your service industry okay. LinkedIn. So everybody else is flexing online about their finance bro job. I want you to tell me about your storied restaurant career. How did you first ever get into the business? Uh, happenstance. I was 15, looking for a summer job. And I got a job as a uh, busser slash runner. Well, not not actually a runner. I got promoted to runner very quickly. Uh, but I started off as a busser in uh, in Chicago at a beachside bar and grill. That's Whoa. kind of like Captain James in Baltimore. Be- Whoa, beach beachside beachside Lake, Lake on, on the beach, like North North Avenue Beach in Chicago. Okay. There's a there's st- it's still there. If you if you live in Baltimore, you know Captain James down in Canton. It, imagine that on the beach. Hollowed out on the bottom with concession stands on the bottom deck. Did it look like a boat? Yeah, it was. Oh. It, was, it, was it was legitimately a boat. Oh, so like, it, it literally was, was Captain James. Yeah, just well, in yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the top floor was an open air bar and grill wow. with like a dance floor on the back. They used to do like <laughs> what is this? Yeah, like it, it had like a it had like a like a ballroom esque dance floor yeah. on the on the bow of the top deck of the ship. Discotheque. <laughs> uh, the kitchen was where the you know where the captain would have been, where all the controls would have been on the ship. Oh, like man. they hollowed that out. They really the leaned kitchen. into this, didn't they? It was cool. It was really cool. Uh, and then uniforms. That, no, I don't. God. I'm just I, seeing I, a bunch of sailors walking red, around. I had a red T-shirt that said "Castaways" on it. Okay. It would all. It'd be awesome too. It's still there. I imagine the restaurant's still open. I know the. Boat is it is the same there. restaurant? I know the still? boat is still there. I don't know if Castaways. is Okay, it might still, be a different establishment. Yeah, it'd be really funny if they were. If he came on and he was like, "Well, I started there as a. I started there as a brigadierman, and yeah. then then they promoted <laughs> me to first mate. And, you know, that's when I started running food. <laughs> no, it wasn't ship theme at all. It's okay. it was pretty funny. Um, I and then I you know. Worked my way up. I was a runner and a busser at a Italian restaurant named Rinaldi's uh, in Chicago when I was a little older. Um, worked in a bunch of other Italian restaurants, working my way up through being a server. Uh, and then I was the assistant general manager of Einstein Bagels in my early 20s. Wow. So, yeah, I got a lot. That's, where, that's where I learned my baking background, which helped a lot. 
a few years later when Verde opened. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Is that, that's, what's that's your take on Einstein? Uh, can you have you eaten so many bagels you can't do bagels no, anymore? No, I, I eat THB once a week. Oh, so my man. that's <laughs> I wish there were Einsteins in Baltimore City, but there's not. No. Like there, there's none to be found. You got to go out in the Bel Air is I think like yeah. the only one around here. Towson, the one on Joppa Road. Oh, that's right. I forgot. There's one I, up there near, the, near Covered Hall. Yeah. yeah, I always forget about that one. Um, but yeah, so actually Einstein, despite not being like a real restaurant, kind of like more of a yeah, I like Einstein. More of like a Starbucksy type mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah. Uh, is actually where I got most of my managerial like experience as like the person i am now that's yeah. what I, that's what i attribute to the the person the manager the uh the leader that i am now came from that and we'll talk about him later his name was paris but he was a big paris yeah big like 300 like six two three three hundred pound black man just the sweetest little gentle like gentle giant you ever met but like strict and like had a way things should yeah. be done and stuck to it yeah and like he he instilled a lot of what we'll talk about later that made me who i am today yeah and then 2012, Verde opened, and the rest is history. The rest I start, is history. started off there in the kitchen doing all the pizzas and managing that. Then I you know, started occasionally running and occasionally serving. Uh, and then I became a full server full-time when our kitchen got up and running and things were a little bit more routine. Who is responsible for the pesto pizza? Uh, the pistachio pesto? Yes. We have a pistachio pesto and sausage pizza. That's been our best seller. It's it, funny. This drink is green. Best-selling cocktail in the history of Verde. So is your pizza. The pistachio we pesto is green. Also the best-selling pizza. T- entirely unintentional. Yeah. Also like the name just, of the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Verde. Oh, yeah. In that's case anyone perfect. doesn't speak Spanish or Italian, Verde means green. Yeah. Let's we'll throw perfect. that out there. Uh, but yeah, that's the gist of it. I love, the rest love is your history. So you, at, was, Verde, was Verde when you... Is that the first bartending gig that you had there? Yeah. That is the first time I was behind a bar. Yeah. Um, you had a, almost exclusively served yeah, so it was and, front of the house? So it? this will probably come up at some point. I didn't start drinking until I was 22. Mm. It's same, basically the same for Steve. Which, which is... <laughs> I'm serious, yeah. No, 20, no, yeah. Like, I, never, 20, I never had a sip of alcohol until I was 21. Crazy. He's like, okay. yeah, right. It's hard to believe, right? I, I would never have guessed. <laughs> I, I, I mean up. this in the nicest way possible, but you have, like, soft frat vibes. <laughs> no, I mean, I've been, to, I've been told about many soft. Has anyone They're ever described soft. you as uh, that? Yeah, pretty much my entire life, dude. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm trying to shake that mold as best I can. Um, <laughs> like, genuine and sweet. But frat, frat thank you, vibes. thank you. The good thing is, I never was in a frat. Okay. I don't own any pairs of pastel-colored shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any Vineyard Vines attire. Um, gotcha. You know, and I've never lived in Federal Hill. So, like, I, despite despite my outward demeanor, I have I have avoided <coughs> some of some of those uh, pitfalls of the frat boy life. Oh man. That one actually cut a little deeper than you know. <laughs> I, I I will apologize. Can I add, no no? Can I? Uh, I just want to ask you this. Do we I, apologize on this podcast? No, we don't. We just, no, okay, we just, no. We no, we just edit. We edit that stuff. Out. Okay. No, we're not editing <laughs> that out because I, I'm gonna, I'm apologizing to the editor for having to edit that out. Yeah. No, no. I think that that's hilarious. And the funny thing is that if the lady ever does listen to the show, she will maybe keel over, cry, and die laughing if she. Hears it. lady. Uh, not the Malort lady, my oh, lady. We just call gotcha. her the lady because she w- wants to remain anonymous. Um, do you, did I tell you how I found out about Verde? Uh, maybe in passing. Okay. Um, I was at a house party, to be clear, a Halloween party mm-hmm. about four years ago. And um, somebody actually knocked the grill over that had all the food we were about to eat, like chicken and hot dogs and burgers, knocked it over. Food goes The whole grill. The, like literally they were drunk and leaned into the grill and knocked it over and it goes all over the fucking patio and it was one of these moments where it's like we need to eat <laughs> like everybody needs to eat and this food's all over the dirty ground and some girl goes I got it I'm just gonna order a bunch of Verde 
I don't know if she was wasted. She must have ordered like 17 pizzas. And I'm like, I'm like, there's no good pizza places around here. And I'm like talking, I'm like talking shit. I was like, dude, you know, I mean, I, I figured it was just going to be like some crappy home slice mm-hmm. level bullshit. Yeah. And then she, your walk, classic American pizza. She walks in with these pies and starts opening them. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where did you get this? She's like, Verde's. You've never been there? Like, do you, are you even from Baltimore? Do you even live around here? And I was like, I know all the restaurants about them. You know, I'm being a huge dick. And I start eating it. And I'm just like, I'm shoveling like piece after piece after piece. I ended up paying her like 50 bucks because I felt bad about how much pizza I ate. Um, first pie I ever had was the pistachio pesto. Um, Your I, wife has never been the same. I was at Verde's less than 24 hours after that experience <laughs> for the first time. Um, and I have, I mean, it's become a regular, great cocktail spot, great, beautiful rooms that you guys have put together. I love your new bartender, Vernus. Uh, who? So we've got, we've, got just, we've got Justine, Darwin, and Tyler. No, where I did just, you get Vernus? Where, where did Vernus come There's, from? Where did, yeah. No, there's the new guy that you were training the last time we were there. I yeah. thought his name started with a Darwin, V. Young Latino Darwin. guy. Darwin. Okay, I just yeah. had I mixed mixed the names up. Yeah, I, I mixed never, the names up. I don't know. Darwin's not I the mean, most Dar- common name. Yeah, Vernus. To be fair, like Vernus and Darwin have like a similar Shut like. Up, guys. Yeah, like, like, like nobody has named that note. anyway. Yeah, yeah anymore. Like an old scholar is, is, name. Have you, is there anybody? Is Vernus a name? Uh, yeah, I well, I think I mi- mixed. Okay, it. let's move on. It's okay. I'm sorry, I'm derailing us here. The point is, I love Verde's. Verde, I mean, the food is incredible. Um, Darwin, I, Darwin will appreciate the shout Dar- out. I love Darwin. He's been awesome. <laughs> he's, he's helped a us a lot last two times, and he's really coming into his own. Um, he's a ton of fun to talk to. I love that you guys keep things on the menu, like just this section where it's like different curated olives. You know, just little things like that mm-hmm. that you can get, like a dish of 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 these little almost like uh, charcuterie style yeah. well, things. R- worse in the wood fired oven. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Antipasta. So good. Like can't, I can't wait to talk more about Verde. I know we're going to get into it on the gauntlet. Um, so right now you're currently the general manager there. Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Please, if you're in Baltimore, go support them. Have one of the best slices of pizzas you will ever have in your life and a decent cocktail. You will not be sorry. Um, without further ado, my friend, <gasps> we have made it to the gauntlet. Are you, <laughs> are you ready? You don't need a soundboard with I was going to say, I, that's my job. I All did, right, I just, just chill I did, the I fuck out. <laughs> Are you ready? Nice. I play D&D, so it's, hey, it's, it's with the territory. Right. Come on, bump it. I, go. I've got to listen to this guy and, and so many guests talk about sports, so we might have to sprinkle some D&D Please stuff do. in awesome. here. So. We actually have a sister podcast called The Bard Tenders, yeah. and they do a They're D&D all bar- style Let me tell, sh- shut up. They're all bartenders <laughs> in real life. They all play D&D, so then they created a game, uh, you know, a campaign essentially, where they all play bartenders in the D&D world, but it's like future D&D, so they have crystal phones and all this kind of stuff. Check it out. Shout out to Bart. Yeah. The Tale and the Telling. The is Tale the and the Telling. Is, what is a name. Podcastception? Is that what we're doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> we're inside. You, you don't even know. You don't yeah. even know what you're talking about. Just check, <laughs> Seriously, check them out. All right. There's only way, one way through the gauntlet, Evan, and it is forward. All right. So here we go. Question number one. Nice. Pet peeves and misconceptions, Evan. Now, these can be pet peeves that you have about coworkers, just about the service business, about customers. But it it can also be misconceptions that people might have, you know, where they are just confused about how things work or how bartenders operate. Yeah. Uh, So I've got gold here for you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So I, I will start off with my biggest pet peeve. And that's, uh, 
that's people who, because, you know, in a restaurant, you're all a team. Like, you're a family, you're doing it, we're all here, we're on the same battlefield, we're all doing it together. And people who are servers, industry people, who, I'm going to start with the servers, we'll get to the customers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, coworkers that just, they phone it in, yeah, and they do the bare minimum, because they're like, if I bring you your food, and you have a good, and the food tastes good, I don't really have to do anything, I don't have to know anything, I'll get the 20%. Like, that that mentality grinds my gears as someone who's been mostly management for the last 10, yeah. 12, 15 mm. years or so. It's lazy, right? Yeah. That just means the cooks did a good job yeah, and you I mean, can carry a plate. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're cashing on in other people's hard work and you're not adding. And you have to add. Like, you are a server, but you're also, you know, you're an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know, you wear many hats when you're a server or a bartender at a restaurant. Entertainment, conversationalist, you know, so just... You know, just just take some pride in what you do, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, do the best you can. I do like the word choice that you had there. Add, be mm-hmm. additive. Mm-hmm. You know, m- make sure that when you're coming in, if you're gonna be front of the house, you're thinking, how can I set the tone for the atmosphere? How can I make this customer feel special? Mm-hmm. Or, or just try to connect with them a little bit today. Um, I was always uh, impressed by Dirty Tom because he was. We called him out like a clinician. You know, he was so technical when he served. He never cared about your family. Wanted to get to know you. But some people would love him because he was attentive mm-hmm. and very detailed and very, uh, you know, like, can I get you anything? Clear this, clear that. He's just technically sound. His goal was to do his job so well that you didn't need you, him you anymore. Did, you didn't care yeah. about yeah. What, what he wanted to say. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's yeah. just, hey, you have everything. You don't even have to think about he it anymore. He went full robot. And even though that doesn't seem like adding, the level of effort and detail he put oh, in became great. additive, yeah. right? Some people really didn't like them because they wanted to get to know you and connect. And those... a, lot, a lot of the upper echelon, like finest of dining, is that just yes. kind of technical. I'm not here to entertain you. Yeah. I'm here to present the stuff that we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. The customers that like him hate me. The customers that like me hate him. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. really well, usually that's, how it goes. That's one thing you learn as ma- like owning and managing a restaurant is that sometimes you have to tell the host, like, oh, this, like, you two walk in. Well, don't give them to this server. Yeah. Like, he's not entertaining. Yeah. He's not going to chat with them. He's not a conversationalist. You know, put them with this server and just let them have a great freaking time. That That is the, and again, not to go on a tangent here, but that is the test of a great manager or a great bar owner is not even being the greatest at food and beverage, but being at the greatest at managing people. Mm-hmm. I've always said that uh, the two guys that own Das Beer Hall, where I work now, Scott and Pip, their greatest skill it always has been since the day they open is they identify amazing people. They just have this ability to pluck somebody out of the ether and you're like, oh my God, they fit in perfect with the rest of our staff. They have a unique personality that we didn't have already on the staff. They are great with certain types of customers that we really needed, That you know, an area where we felt like we were lacking. Their eye for talent and how they fit into our ecosystem is so good. Um, and I think that's why they've been so successful because we're, you know, at the end of the day, we're beer hole, right? Yeah. You know, pub food. We're not particularly special in that regard. But what makes us special is we have a lot of personality on the staff. You're in the business of people. Yeah. When you're in a, when you're in a restaurant or behind a bar, you are, you're 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 it's people business. Yeah. So, it, it's I mean, hard to curate that. That's yeah. probably the, one of the biggest. Yeah, because you still you still have to have the food and beverage to back it up. You, you got, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But that that's I, in. Historically speaking, especially at Verde, I've noticed that that is an easier thing to do than to get people who genuinely care about the interaction. Sure, and yeah. The, the overall oh, business. Yeah. Like, if you can get people to invest in the... So, at Verde, we invest in people, and that's how we get them to invest in us. Mm. 
Yeah, the variability on the people side, there's three levels, right? Food, beverage, people, right? The variability on the people is much higher. <laughs> At least the food has a perishable date on it. You can kind of work around when it's going to go bad. Um, all right, so, what other pet peeves? I, I do have one or two more that I'll, oh, I know we'll, we'll touch on quickly. No, no, please. We don't, we don't need to run through them. Um, uh, this one's to the customer, and it's three simple words. Just work with us. That was, just, that was four words. Sorry, work with us. It, it is just, period, work with us. Um, Shut up. <laughs> that's, that's simply just uh, for, the, for the, the, the vast majority of places. Um, it's about, you know, we're, we're here to help. We're here to make sure you have a good time. Uh, but just meet us halfway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rough when you get to a table that wants to complain afterwards but says nothing during, mm-hmm. like, mm. during the meal. They're like, they oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's all smiles and it's all great. And then you read a review the next afternoon, and you're like, "Oh, they had a they had a horrible time." Why wouldn't you? Let I, I know exactly you? what table this was, yeah. and I checked on them so many times, and every time it was like the cocktails are fantastic. Read the review. This is the worst old fashioned I've ever had. Yeah, see what is yeah, what's wrong with people? So, just like let us know, let us fix it. Yeah, and we're here for you at the end of the day. And just go when you go to a restaurant, just know that going and assume a lot of it is about assumption. Yeah. We get, you get servers who assume people aren't going to tip, and you get, ser- you get customers who assume the staff doesn't care, and that's just negative for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just go in there expecting the best. Mm-hmm. It's, if you don't tell me, I can't help. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I've always kind of described it, and it's, it's frustrating when you don't allow me to use the tools I have at my disposal. Well, but, and then they go out of their way to try yeah. and penalize the restaurant you know, for that instead of helping the restaurant yeah. you know, get better or improve their experience at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Constantly, I think you have people, especially, I think this is really key to bartenders and cooks, where they might be great at being a bartender, they might be great at being a cook, but the way that they season this one little thing, or the way they pour this or pour that, or they're a, a mistake commonly behind the bar is you're making a drink for a long time, and you might be using slightly the wrong ingredient, but nobody ever gives you the feedback that you're using the fucking They're probably agreement. industry people too, But it would way. be <laughs> such a quick fix if Man. somebody would just give you that feedback and it doesn't have to be negative. Yeah, it can the, be constructive. You see the juxtaposition that I'm talking about though? That the, It's the shitty customers that are con- going to complain and not help. It's the industry people who actually want to help that are most of the time so apprehensive about complaining yeah. or sending anything back that they are they will and they'll still leave a 20 percent tip at a good review but they're not going to tell you you fucked anything <laughs> up you know well that might be its own play but i'd rather have that problem than the first problem i just you know I, i'd love it if you told me that this is being over seasoned it's so simple hey chef you know be getting consistent feedback or i go mm. to even my manager is probably more appropriate mm. in that setting go to evan hey evan i'm getting this constantly every time i serve this dish i'm getting the same feedback same feedback can we maybe like unpack it? Let's see if maybe we just need to tone it back or re- rethink the recipe okay. or something like it's that. It's like you said on a previous episode. It's not complaining. You're helping identify an yeah. issue. And it might get a better product out to exactly. you the next time I come in. Yeah. I think that that's awesome. So 100% feedback's important. Yeah. And then I'll touch on one more just real quick because uh, I think it'll be beneficial for the people who maybe if you've got bartenders or servers who tune into the podcast just to hear. Yeah. Uh, don't assume a table's going to give you a bad tip. Uh, you know, we've all, got, we've all got the stereotypical guess. At Verde, it's the Italians. Yeah, that come in and like you know like the the real world Italians like the ones from Italy. Yeah, or you know just foreigners in general who like have a different tipping culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh, they're not going to tip. So subconsciously you write them off. You will subconsciously give worse service. You will then feed into them justifying a shittier tip, yes. even yeah. if they were going to tip you. You're manifesting. So, yeah, yeah, self fulfilling prophecy. At so that like point that's in time, yeah. 
you know, just going to send that little PSA out there. Yeah, well, so many that, have, so, sorry, go on, I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off Yeah, because I, I teach that to all my servers. I'm like, yes, I realize certain demographics historically have tipped worse. Mm-hmm. But if you go into a table assuming that, you're just making it you're worse. putting it out there. And yeah. uh, so many of the bar- better people. And so many of the bartenders that we've had on the show that have like been in the industry and love it, they're like, don't even look at your tips. Don't worry about the tips. It's all going to balance out. Do your job. Yeah. Do your job well. Um, there was a great story that somebody shared. I'll keep this brief. But the person, I think I read this online, but the person, they, they came in and they didn't tip every single weekend. But it was like a family. They, they didn't have a lot of money. But the person didn't give a shit. You know, they made good money and they took great care of them. And then they came in on the last day and they said, you have always taken such great care of us. We're moving away. We're never going to be back. And they gave them 50 bucks. And it, it wasn't, it's not like they made a bunch of money off the table, but that the human interaction that they had was so important. And th- th- those people got to go out and enjoy a nice brunch and didn't have to worry about spend, you know, breaking the bank. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate the, you know, the insight into that. Especially if you're going to make it a career. Yeah. If you're making um, a career, you got to play the volume game, yeah. right? You're going to do this for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, right? You can't be living and dying people by that one tip about on one a Tuesday tip. Mm-hmm. Right? Come on. Yeah. Come on. On it, a two top, a, right? I teach my younger servers, particularly like the, the early 20 mm-hmm. staff. Like, it's the law of averages. Mm-hmm. If you blame a bad experience on the table, you sh- you're the only common denominator amongst all your tables. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to so, kind of re- like if rework you, it for if, people. If you're having a bad time at your tables, the problem is probably you more often than not. Mm. I like that. Let's have a little bit more accountability, people. Yeah. We don't do enough of that on the show. We complain <laughs> too much of this category about the guests. Um, all right, question number two. Mike, team up. Best and worst tips. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So these can obviously be monetary. We love hearing about a big check or you know a, a good stiff story. But these can also be like something sentimental that a guest has yeah. left. I mean, it could be a gift or even like some advice that they gave. We love the non-monetary tips where you get that connective tissue with the customer. Oh, I got. I'm full of wisdom. I, I've, picked, <laughs> I've picked up a lot over the last uh, what seven, eighteen years now. Yeah, since I was fifteen, you're willing a high-end cocktail bar into a city that likes to drink shitty. It has a tower to shitty beer. Yeah, like in 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 the shadow of your restaurant, it's gonna be a challenge, right? Well, look, it's been a struggle since day one to educate Baltimore. Like when we first opened, people were like, "Wait, you want how much for a pizza?" Neapolitan. And like, like, granted, yeah, we didn't slice our pizzas when we first opened. So like, educate educating the guests. Yeah, in Naples, a lot of places because they roll them up and well, do because like, are you supposed to eat pizza like you you can get street taco pizzas, but like you kind of roll. I thought for some reason I I thought that. But okay, why wouldn't you cut the pizza? I would be so pissed if I spent forty dollars on a pizza and it arrived in my house and it fucking was not good. Because despite what New York will tell you, you're supposed to eat pizza with a knife and a fork. That's how people do it in Italy. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's the people are always like, oh, that's the American way. Pick it up and fold it. I'm like, no, that's the American way. Yeah. True to form. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you guys, you guys do really champion that. I mean, it feels yeah. like we, we try to make everything is, away when you're in. There. We've made some concessions. We started drying our cheese out in after the first like year of business, like so it's not as wet. Yeah. Because like Naples, sometimes you go there, the pizza can be very soggy. It's a little, you know, it's just not an American palate yeah. that exists. So we've made some concessions. We are as authentic as you can get while still catering to the market we're in. Yeah, and make, and staying in business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could. You, would you rather be right or successful? <laughs> so uh, that's a really since tough we're, question. Since we're me. talking about the pizza and the ingredients, I, I do uh, um, anchovies. Yeah, I mean thoughts. I, I thoughts. mean anchovies are very Italian. Yeah, I mean it's, so, it's one of the most authentic um, mm-hmm. pizza toppings. Yeah, you'll see a lot of like, ro- like it's normally called like the Romana in a lot of restaurants. 
you'll see is like it'll be like olives and anchovies and capers, and we actually have that on our menu. This this plays into the whole ranch versus blue cheese kind of stuff, but anchovies just save it. Anchovies are one of my favorite pizza toppings, and every time people ooh gross, and I'm like, what the? And, and and also most regular pizza places don't even carry them. All right, I'll move on. But like this is <laughs> this is a point of contention. It's an acquired taste, like olives, like blue cheese, like it can be mm-hmm. it can be a little rough for some people. Yeah, no doubt. So tell us about these uh, uh, wise wise words on tips. So monetarily tips, I'll just touch on. We've all gotten great tips. Uh, we've all had you know I've gotten some people who have left me like hundred dollar. Hundred dollar tips on fifty dollars or something. Mm-hmm. Just you know, you make their night, and those are great. But the money, especially for me, where this is like this is like a livelihood for me. It's not like a job. Uh, the money never mattered. It's the sentiment that came along with that mm-hmm. tip that mattered. The it was gratitude. Like, yeah, it was yeah. just like here's a hundred dollars. I'm telling you, it was great. But this is a way for me to show you. Yeah, because words yeah. suck. Yeah, and oh. I think a lot of people realize that you can say thing. whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But if you say We've because we've all had those tables that are like everything was fantastic. You did such, one of the you best look, servers you look at the I've check, ever had. It's like a ten percent tip. You're like, oh, that's the exact opposite. It, what's even worse is when they say, "I'm going to take good care of you," and then they fucking know. Yeah, especially when they're like splitting the check. You're like, give it to me, <laughs> yeah. and then he stiffs you. You're like, you asked for this. <laughs> that's what really, what really. We, I chose wrong. I've chosen poorly. Yeah. Is what you're telling me. And the, yeah, well, that's the thing. A lot of the pet peeve uh, people have brought that up of people fighting over who's paying the check. And a lot of people just whoever gets it in your hand first. Yeah, that's the rule. But maybe that's what they should start doing is be like, okay, who's going to tip me better? Yeah, right. you can pay. Yeah. You know what I mean. Uh, I would love to see a server actually do that. So my favorite, uh, this is this this is this is the only monetary tip that I have that I have out here. Uh, it's uh, I once had this like old older guy, like maybe early seventies, late sixties, who came in with his family. He was clearly there with his grandkids and his kids. They were, you know. Uh, hanging out, having a great time, and the check came around. I was bantering with them the whole time. This guy was like my dad, old Brooklyn style, just, uh, you know, he just, he was a character. And when the check came, I dropped it off, and then I, you know, left it, and I was walking around doing all this stuff, and I walked by one time, and, like, our our restaurant is dim, so, yeah. like, he was struggling to see the check, I think, so he was, like, looking at it, and, like, the light, and I was like, if you're struggling with the tip, just keep adding zeros. I, I don't mind. <laughs> just as a joke. Yeah, as a joke, and he and he giggled, and I walked away. And, you know, and then he, he left a tip and then they walked out and he just said like, hey, thanks for the great service. Have a great night. And like that kind of that kind of raised a flag. I'm like, did he leave me a ridiculous tip? There's no way. So I go there. It was a 25 percent tip. Let's say it was 25 on 100. And I open it up and he wrote 25 dot zero 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 and drew like a hundred zeros around the check and i'm like this man knows his significant figure that is meaningless but it was hysterical and then at the bottom he just wrote great time thanks for the laugh that's please, great please tell me you'd still have that check i i i did for a long time it's somewhere buried in my i, oh ha- my I have like God. a memory box like an old yeah. canon camera I'm, box I'm there, I'm there with you man and it's it's probably in there in the basement oh my god but it's great that's incredible. Yeah, I love that. Good for him. And when, then, and when became, someone leans into your joke, it yes. feels great. Oh man, it became cheeky for both of you guys. Yeah. You still got a, you got a good tip out of it, and that's awesome. That's great. Uh, in, ter- in terms of wisdom, yeah. I mentioned Paris earlier. This is where he comes in. Uh, he gave me two great lessons when I was his assistant general manager at the Einstein Bagel. Uh, one, you can learn something from everyone. You know, the homeless man on the street, the eighteen-year-old kid you just hired to work in your restaurant. Uh, no matter how you, you know. Like, kids at the restaurant, like, eight-year-old kids teach me new shit all the time when they come mm-hmm. into the restaurant, and they just, they have such an interesting outlook on life, 
And like, even if it's not like a piece of information, they didn't teach me the, you know, the capital of Bolivia. Yeah. But which I don't ask me the capital of Bolivia. It's like, <laughs> well, they didn't teach you. it to you, so you don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I should have picked a country that I knew the capital of. Um, but they have Russia. There, there's it, whether it's a perspective or whether it's just a way of looking at things, and like it, people have such different experiences, even in all through different ages. Mm. Uh, never write off someone's lived experience, no matter how little or how much it is, yeah. or how different it is from yours. The more different it is, the more you have to learn. Even if they look a little bit like a frat boy, they might be able. You to have teach something you. to add. You're 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 worthwhile, Steve. You have something to offer this world. The I world is that. a more interesting place with you in it. I love that. Go. I think I think that is the core. Becoming dynamic in anything that you do is just uh, just being open. Mm. Well, and there's some humility there too. Yeah. You know, it's not. And when you do that, when you are truly humble um, and you have that mentality, um, you'll you'll you will find those things from people those experiences those lessons that you wouldn't have found otherwise um so i mean you're really just doing yourself a disservice by by not opening yourself up and like you said thinking you know you can learn something from everybody yeah. so i love that and it makes you a more interesting person mm -hmm. no doubt no doubt uh the second one he taught me which was uh perhaps even more instrumental in my growth as a person is to be the change you want to see in the environment you're in um so many people especially in the service industry were like oh this is just a job so I'm just going to do what's expected, and it doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, we can get into the whole quiet quitting thing, which I don't really care about. But there, there's something to be said for even if you're doing just the bare minute, like this is my job expectation. Even if you're just doing that, you want to, you know, you're like, this is what I'm being paid for. This is what I'm going to do. Just if there's something you see that's not working, do something about it. Like just, you know, be that, be that voice that starts the conversation. Mm. Or even just the, the person doing the action. Yeah, and it's one of yeah. the hardest things to do. It's so easy to, to complain, complain <laughs> so easy and to, to complain. sit back and not know the answer and to, to be the person to do the thing that you know you're supposed to do can be sometimes one of the hardest things. Um, I know I love that too. Yeah, and I think it's uh, this, like the first sentiment, right? They, they're both pieces of advice that to put the ball in your court. Mm -hmm. The first one, you have to ask yourself to be a little bit humble, be a little bit open to the experiences of others. And then this one is be a little bit self-critical. Like think mm -hmm. about how can I... Self-aware, yeah. Yeah, where am I maybe falling short? How could I get more involved? Um, if there's something that I don't agree with or I'm complaining about, how do I factor into that? Mm -hmm. yeah. So you have to be a little self-critical and I like that. I think as a just daily practice, it, not just for your career, but for your life, mm -hmm. for the time you spend with others, your relationships. It's a lot of looking outward. What has this person done? What is the scenario? And I think a lot of times uh, it's just always healthy to kind of turn a little bit more of a mirror of how am I part of this? How do I factor into this? Circle back to what we talked about earlier. You are the common denominator. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, yeah, absolutely. And while that, that can sound you know like empowering, like, oh, you are what... You make your life what it is. It can, yeah. be, it can be similarly crippling and like paralyzing. You're like, well, if I'm the problem, yeah, where do I start? Yeah, but and more yeah. people need to think that. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, so, they, like, they think you're the problem first, and you will just live a better life. You'll, yeah. be, you'll, you'll be a better person because it'll force you to think, oh, maybe he's not an asshole. Maybe I said something yeah. that triggered this reaction yeah people look self love is important as we always talk about on the show but like it's you have to be self critical you can't just be like I love myself and I'm the greatest like no fucking take a look at who you are yeah. and maybe where you're falling short and, and, and try and work on that it's something every single human being can do now to bring it back to a little bit more fun and games like we're <laughs> having today um, this is a audio medium right it's theater yeah. of the mind and you mentioned Paris a couple times now he sounds like a pretty interesting cat he's a cool dude 
Did he actually hire you at Einstein? Yes. Okay. So he hires you at Einstein. You're right on. You're his number two, right? You're work. You're really um, learning from him, working for him, working for Einstein, and you're the assistant general manager. Mm -hmm. I want to know how he delivers advice. Is it the type of thing where he like, you know, he whimsically throws it out into the ether, like he's talking to anybody and nobody all at the same time? Yeah. Does he sit you down? He's like, Evan, let me tell you something. He puts his <laughs> arm around you. He's like. <laughs> Well, you, you're the common denominator here, you know? Uh, so, so he had two moves. He, uh, or two moods, not moves. He was not putting the moves on me. I was 20 <laughs> years old. That's weird. Uh, he, uh, he had his, he was lively and like jovial and he was very much, despite the fact that he was like big, like a big dude who kind of almost looked like a Santa type yeah. figure. Uh, he had that kind of like jovial lightheartedness who was always like moving around, always looking to like help someone yeah. out. I'm so imagining like, Dunwoody. Yeah, okay. so he really lived that. He lived everything he preached. Like, he, yeah. it's not, he wasn't that kind of like hollow where it's like, this is what you should do. By the way, I'm doing none of it kind of stuff. <laughs> he, like, you could see everything he told you yeah. like, live there. And particularly with me, like, he was very like, lighthearted and just kind of friendly when he gave advice to other people. But when he, I think he saw something in me when I was younger because he would pull me off to the side, mm. pull me in the office and be like, hey, I just want to have a quick chat. But yeah. it would be very much like we're chatting now. Like, it was, like, he, there was never this feeling of, like, I'm better than you. Let me make you as good as I am. It was very much, hey, we are equals in many ways. And it was very, it was a very grounded kind of level. I never felt talked down to. I never I felt that. like he was. I love that, man. Like, he was uh, catering to my youth or my inexperience, like that. It was like you said, he saw something in you and he wanted to help, help yeah. you grow as a person. And that's hard to find because a lot of, you know, we talk about managers and stuff, but a lot of managers are not good at that. And they make the situation so much worse instead of helping improve the experience and the, and the work and the team for everyone. So that's, that's really awesome. You know, and that's a, that's a special kind of person. It really is. You don't, you don't come by a lot of them in your life, especially in that role right you have a lot of good friends that might help you and give you that advice family members but it's not always easy to find that mentor in your career mm -hmm. i think that's really special all right question number three worst drink orders i have been waiting for this one because again i have really been blowing smoke at uh verde because i love it so much that is an establishment that has curated a really amazing food and beverage scene I want you to tell us about the worst drink orders, though. Those drinks that you slightly cringe and judge the customer when they order them. Or, you know, maybe just a bad drink that consistently you're like, what the hell is this? I, I can't believe someone would even consume this. Or, you know, maybe a drink that a bartender made for you out in the wild that you were like, wow, this is really gross. This, this, this is a tough one. Because one, like you said, Verde does have a great cocktail program. So I think that steers people away from... I think people make their own drinks when they go somewhere and they don't see something they like. Mm. They're like, well, I'll have this thing that Steve made me once. Yeah. And like, here, here's how you make it. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like Jaeger, Midori, and Malort. Oh, God. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. I promise. Sure, it's like, buddy. Or, or they pick one of your craft cocktails that you've very delicately perfected over but the I years. This, this, and they're this, like, this, like yeah. you swap out this for this. It's like, you, no, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, truly heinous cocktails. I I don't know that I have like a like a, a like a like a magnum magnus op, magnum opus like level yeah. badness. Yeah. Uh, but I do have two hot takes, which okay. I know will upset you personally. Let's do it. Yeah, From I'm excited now. Personal experience. 
uh, I don't look down on people because one, I believe you should drink what you enjoy. Okay. Uh, people ask me, they're like, "What's what's the best way to drink like whiskey neat? Like, you know, should I put a little water in Out it? Out of a should glass, it, yeah. Should, should it have like one? Should I have like one ice cube in it? Should I put it in my hands and just like lap it up like a dog? <laughs> uh, and my answer is always just do it however you enjoy. Yeah. Like yeah. if if you enjoy it and you're having fun. All right, peel the damn bandaid off. <laughs> Come on. Uh, okay, we'll start with this one. Uh, Rumplemans. Love it. Not a fan. Not not ashamed. I, I, I think it. It's, fine. it's a special kind of person who drinks. See, that. that's what I was going to say. It's not the drink. It's the people that drink it. Is that what <laughs> is what ruined it? And, our, and our lead bartender right now, Justine, who I'll give an honorable shout out. Uh, it is her drink of choice. At a girl, and she slams that shit like no one I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, she does. Good for her. She'll go in and she goes to places in Canton that know her very well. And we'll just be drinking like three le- three ounces at a time. Yeah, may like, I they say give her a rocks glass? May I say brava? Yeah, <laughs> like she'll just throw back shot after shot after shot, and then walk home like a champ. Yeah, like well, I always call it bartender's water. I love it. I love it so much. I uh, used to hate it. I used to not drink it at all, and then I met a bartender that that was her drink. And mm. every time we went out, you couldn't escape it. She would pop out of like the she pop out from behind a wall and be like, "Here, have some rubble." See, I like, like it. Ah. I like it, but with like uh, chase it with a shot of chocolate syrup. That's really good. Yeah, mm. dude. Like uh, sounds delicious. Well, no, we used to do <laughs> rumble mints and chocolate liqueur. Yeah, uh, junior mint. I'm talking about a pep- like never mind. Y- yeah, peppermint schnapps. Yeah, yeah peppermint well, you do like patty. a peppermint. Yeah, peppermint. You just squirt. Yeah, but it's like a tw- it's like you're in your twice. You literally have a bottle of Hershey's chocolate. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would yeah, love to watch you do that. that. that that's that's an again. ASMR. That, 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 that image is why Rumplemans has this, such <laughs> yeah. negative association with me. It's kind of like people think about Jaeger. Yeah. The same way a lot of people think about Jaeger, awesome. I think about Rumplemans. I love Jaeger. Yes, uh, unironically. Yeah, love Jaeger. Yeah, uh, I really do love it. And I'm as I'm speaking, I'm hearing myself in my headphones sound fratty. So I I'm gonna also give you a little bit of fine. pass on that on right. that. Uh, on the slight insult earlier, Frat, Frat's but. not a—it's not a negative. It's just—it's it, 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 a—it's it, a collective. It's a collection of interests and personality traits. That so are not, what's that, your other? That are not your, negatively, ne- or not necessarily negative. What's your other hot take? <laughs> uh, dirty martinis. Uh-oh. I think it's a silly drink. Okay. Whoa. Well, it's been a good time I, so I, far. I, we I, appreciate I, you coming down. What are you is, talking this about? Is, this is my hottest take behind the bar. All right. I go don't, ahead. I'm going to give you room. Go I, ahead. I, I, I love gin. I love martinis. But I love martini. I also love vermouth. And when you take all the vermouth out and you throw olive brine in there, just drink the olive juice. Well, well hold on. Do you are, are you implying that like a classic dirty martini would not have the vermouth? It would, but not... Like it, it's just it's gone at that point because a lot, the, a lot, especially a lot of bartenders because the brine takes over yeah because a lot of bartenders will do like well here's two ounces of vodka and here's like an ounce of uh, you know uh, olive brine or three quarters of an ounce of olive brine or however you make your dirty martinis whatever ratio right. you're using mm-hmm. and then there's an old joke that I heard from many bartenders where it's like well how much vermouth should go in a dirty martini and then they all have like one up stories where mm-hmm. one person will be like. Well, you want to like rinse the glass, mm-hmm. yeah. and the other person's like, "Well, you want to, you know, atomize the glass." And the next person's like, "Well, you want to put a bottle of vermouth next to the glass while you're making it." <laughs> and, like that's and it's starting to, to, yeah. to regress more and more and more. Um, I don't know, man. I feel I like, don't judge people for drinking it. I feel like, like I can distinctly taste the difference, though. Okay, I, maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm pretty briny with it. I, I just know that a lot of people make it so that there's. Little to no vermouth in there, and um, it's just olive juice. So I love vermouth. Yeah. I And when I'm making a dirty martini, the, the way I want it is I probably want almost a two-to-one gin-to-vermouth ratio. 
Like okay. I'm not one of the rinse the glass people. I used to have a regular that was put it in, roll it around. So do you do like a two one one? How do you? Pretty okay. much, yeah. Pretty much two one one. I, I can get down stuffed with that. Olives, you, and you, if you have some cocktail onions, throw those bad boys. If in you there. made me a two one one dirty martini with a blue cheese olive, I would drink the shit out of that. Now, hot take back for you. Uh-huh. Okay, get your fucking martini and Rossi vermouth out of my goddamn life. Okay, get it out of here. We use Carpano Antica. And I know, the which is Dope why Lachiatra, I go to your restaurant. Which is those are those are your sweet vermouths of choice. Yeah, that's why I go there because I lo- I love that you guys have some higher quality shit. I've been living in the bar business for 20 years. It's Martini and Rossi fucking everywhere. I don't know what happened. We need them to take a little bit of a step back. You know, <clears throat> I'm sorry, but what I think this was is he was like, how can I really make my episodes stand out? Listen to all of our episodes. It's like, okay, I'm coming after you for the Rumple Mints and just, Mike for the Dirty Martini. Yeah, I haven't even let Mike go <laughs> but, you know, off here. But, but you know, a bit drink whatever you want and enjoy yourself. You know, you know? Get, yeah, Mike, piece I'll, of trash. I'll, 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 I'll take less of you, but you can drink it. <laughs> Mike, take those stickers back. Take them back. No, not the stickers. <laughs> I need those. <laughs> you know, our first episode ever, we interviewed Mike to start the show, and his drink of choice was the Dirty Martini. Oh, it's so delicious. It is delicious. See, Mike, I don't even strain it. I like the little bits of ice floating on the top, too. How do you like that? I, huh? I, I like heterogeneity in my drinks. Yeah. Fun, fun SAT word for you. Yeah, can, can you, you explain that, please? I'm not going to pretend that I know what you're doing. Heterogeneity, like heterosexual, just mixed. Okay. Mixed. And, ah. Like homo- it's the homogeneous. Opposite of homogeneous. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just like when your risotto has a crunch on it. Okay, you All know right. you got like bacon bits in your risotto, so you, it's not just a bowl of mush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, I, I, that's that's a good way to describe it. I've I always, always knew I was a hetero. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed that with temperatures when okay. you get something that's cold, that has the cold and hot on the same thing. So a lot of time you'll see it with like sandwiches where you know it'll be. Like, I love a chicken sandwich where the filet is fresh off the grill and the cheese is ice cold, like, yeah. right, you yeah. know, fr- right put on, like, a deli style. I know you did this one just because this is kind of profiling Verde, this drink. Well, what's one of your favorite drinks that you were telling? I, think, I thought you told me at the beginning. Uh, at the beginning of this podcast. No, I not you, the podcast earlier. What did you t- say? I can tell you my favorite drink is in aviation. Yeah, terrible. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Dick, I knew he was setting uh, you up too. I couldn't help dude, myself. I gotta dude, let him walk I, into I that talk, one. I could talk about aviation all day. So, so you, 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 you can bash my drink. So the, I, I'm an equal opportunity basher. I bash you, you bash me. Hey, that's, that's what we're all well, about. I'll do a little bit of bashing. Um, but that's that seems to be the issue. Is that why are you completely clouding one of the best ingredients with just too much olive juice? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, it, 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 let me put it this way: a properly made dirty martini that is balanced and. It can be very enjoyable. Yeah. So many places do it so wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it is just olive juice or olive brine. And that's, that's I think, where it gets me. I had one the other day that was probably two to one olive to gin. To gin. Yeah, that's the problem. It was just like, what is am that, I drinking here? And also, martinis in general, it's so hard because everyone has the proper way they want to make yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I was taught a the series cla- of questions, right? So yeah. somebody orders a martini at your table. You say, would you like vodka or gin? Mm-hmm. Would you like it up or on the rocks? Would you um, like it, it or stirred? You know, shaken or stirred, dirty or not dirty? Yeah. Right. And then I always ask, um, would you like it with vermouth? You know, would you like it to have a taste of vermouth mm-hmm. or no vermouth? And I, so, if somebody ordered a martini, a lot, some places I've worked, the higher end cocktail bars, you walk them through that, and I'm making, 
I had like little notations mm-hmm. for each one mm-hmm. that I knew. Okay, this is exactly how. I'm how do you play how that. do you feel about people who bring the drink cards that have the the proportions and the ratios that they? That's want? never happened to me, but really? I'm about it. Yeah. I, what, I'm, I'm not like some customers. Some customers will saying, literally this is go what out, I want exactly. They'll go to it and they'll say, "I want an old fashioned." Here's how I'm game I want with to that. Yeah. I think that's I, awesome. I, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. If you go to a nice establishment, it's a little cheeky and mm-hmm. it's a little pretentious. And why don't you trust yeah. me? Mm-hmm. Let me maybe let me I mean, maybe talk, change the game. I mean, for you. talk to me about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if you if someone handed me that at Verde and I was bartending and we weren't particularly busy to the point where I had to just take it and make it, and I had like two seconds to be like, oh, okay, well, why this? Mm-hmm. I would like engage them in a conversation. Correct. Mm-hmm. It would be like a thing. Be like, oh, I noticed that you use. You know, Peychaud's and Angostura. What do you in think? In your old fashioned. Right. Like, is there a reason for that? Like, what, what are you getting from that? Because just like Paris said, you might learn something new from this person, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also the presentation. Like, if they walk in, you're like, hi, how are you doing today? And they just hand you the card in your throw face. Throw it at your face. Like, what the fuck, man. But if they're like, hey, I really don't mean to I'm be very bothered. particular I'm about super my drink. particular how I like my yeah. dirty martinis. Is there any chance you can make it to oh, the yeah, spec? Yeah. The context I, is always going to cool. be super important. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, if I ask before you pull the card out, yeah. Like, I have a certain way, like, my martinis could i give you the, yeah. the recipe yeah. for it be mm-hmm. self-aware too if yeah. we're getting our asses handed to us i'm not fucking going over your cocktail spec for the first time <laughs> we, we've <laughs> talked we've talked about this a million times but the context of when you're ordering where you're ordering is so important you know don't go to a fucking frat bar and order a dirty gin martini like i have in the past guilty yep <laughs> wait that's me that's why you don't like them yeah. see we're fine we're getting the backstory now finally. i'm uh, i've never enjoyed beer yep. like i'm not a beer drinker i'm a i'm a wine cocktail guy all day every day uh, so I struggle when I go to dive bars and stuff, and I'm mm. like, I hope you have a cider because mm. that's 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 what I'm getting. You don't you, no shitty beers. I so I so the shittier the beer, what the more I enjoy like? the it. Mm. Of, well, I'm saying like net like Natty Bow here mm-hmm. in Baltimore. Yeah, I I love because it doesn't taste like beer. And the, the worst, the worst, I'm gonna get so much flame for this, but I'm fine. The the, the less beer, like the, the nicer the beer, the more craft the beer, mm-hmm. the less I will enjoy yeah. it. I'll enjoy the first sip. Like I, I love flavors, I love the complexity. I, I can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I will not enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. That's well, true. hey, know what you like, and yeah. I and I dig that. All right, let's keep it moving, Mike. You want to team up for question number four? Question number four. Um, and we actually, so we've expanded this one. So this is obviously mistakes and fuck ups. We want to hear about you or coworkers or other service industry professionals just crashing and burning. But thanks to the mighty Kemp, we've expanded this one as well to where we can also uh, look at uh, triumphs and victories. Maybe you had Highlight an absolutely inc- yeah, an incredible mm-hmm. shift or something, you know, and you just want to shout that out too instead of being so cynical like we always are. <laughs> uh, so I'll start off with a preface that myself included and present company, we all fuck up mm. all the time. Uh, some more than others, but it's it's part of what makes you. <laughs> it, 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 immediately it, it, looks over. It, it's like, part you. of what makes you better. Uh, and you will you'll never gr- people who don't tr- people who don't fail and don't mess up mm. aren't trying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or they or they're not trying enough. They're in a comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. they're ju- they're just sitting in their happy middle ground, mm. and they're like, I'll just stay here. Um, it's the people who are trying to grow and trying to do new things that are the ones that are messing up the most. Remember that when you're listening yeah. to this bad audio, folks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're fucking welcome. We're trying. <laughs> when you uh, when you when you mess up, just just know that that's a, that's a moment where you are bettering as a person. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you like dwell on it. And you're like, oh, I fucked up. But no, that, that that's a moment where you're gonna you're gonna remember that. Mm-hmm. And the more you dwell on it in the moment, the more it'll make you better in the future. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's not about, it's not about falling down. It's about it. getting up. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, we have had 
uh, who I will leave nameless, um, but at, at Verde, we did have a server have a particularly terrible day. Uh, there was a lot going on in their mind. They were, uh, they were dealing with some family stuff, and you could tell that they just weren't there all day. And if we weren't so busy, I would have sent them home, and they would just let them go. But they, they told me they were fine. They'd like to continue working. Uh, and they proceeded to drop not one, not two, but three different trays of glasses. Trays. Oh, and not just like Same drop shift. not just drop them on the floor, but drop them at the serving station upstairs, which happens to be right next to the staircase that goes up to the second floor. So it became a waterfall, not once, <laughs> not twice, what? but three times. We had cascading Negronis and Proseccos oh and God. all sorts of alcoholic beverages raining down the center staircase in the middle of the restaurant. Because you've got the bar area, then you've got the staircase, and the bathroom, then you've got right then you've got then you've got the dining room and the kitchen, the open kitchen. Yeah. So the staircase is in the middle of the restaurant, next to the side door. You walk right out the restaurant. So it's oh just it's just like something out of the Rainforest Cafe, where there's just an <laughs> in restaurant the in restaurant waterfall coming down the staircase. Three different times. Uh, it was you know, a little white it was, noise with your Negronis and pizza. <laughs> it was catastrophic. And the best part about that night is the guests. The first time it happened, they were like concerned and a little bit upset, and it was kind of ruined the mood. Second time it happened, they were like, "No way did that happen again." <laughs> this is a the joke. third time it happened. Most of the guests were. So this is over the course of like an hour and a half. So a lot of the guests saw all three incidents. Right, right. People so, are still eating. They're there for the yeah, meal. They the people who got there during the first one saw the third one. And it was just the atmosphere. They were super supportive. It was almost like a, when you trip and you stand back up and people like give you the little like golf clap. Uh, it was oh great. My God. It was. I will never forget that day. How did she recover? React? She handled know? it like a champ. Yeah. I mean, she's she's a young young person. So, uh, but it it was it was embarrassing and it was hard for them. But it was, you know. They got past it. Now it's something she can laugh about, yeah. right? And now we, we yeah, can I mean, all laugh about. <laughs> you, know? you, you will carry that story for the rest of your life. Yeah, right? there, there are moments that you just remember, and that that will be there. The triple tray drop <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a wrestling move. Um, that's incredible. Any other ones that you've seen, kind of out and about, as you've just been in other bars, restaurants, you know, as a patron, even massive fuck ups. That's a good or one. Triumphs, or triumphs. Or triumphs. Because, okay. again... And that's great, you, too. You we also... I feel like sometimes we try and dig so deep into this stuff, and that's a great story. You I don't, you don't have that. to have yeah. anything else for I, I can give a shout-out to a bartender who I will name leave nameless, but I, I, she was fantastic, uh, uh, who worked at Chingale, which is a place over mm -hmm. in Harbor East. Yeah. And I went there once, and, you know, I, I was doing market research, and I was just going there. Is that there how you say it, by the way? Chingale? I never know how to yeah, say it. It's four in Italian. Okay, I've, yeah. I've pronounced that name of that restaurant so many different ways. Ch Ch Chingley. Chingley? Sing Haley. Ching Haley. Hale. Okay. Sing Hale. Not Ch Anyway, concern. Yeah. So Chingale uh, is uh, it's a really nice Italian restaurant. Uh, kind of like uh, like what we do, but they're more of a sit-down, like formal, formal Dinner. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where you're getting like protein entrees and stuff and pastas. Uh, and I, I sat at the bar and I just struck up a conversation with the, the girl who was new, new there, had been there for like six months, eight months or so. Uh, stupidly knowledgeable to the point where like when I go into a restaurant and you know uh, a comparable amount of stuff about like mm. Italian Amari and you know Italian wines and also like she knew her stuff and you could tell that she gave so many shits that it was just it was outrageous um, and we just chatted for like two hours like, I, I went there I was going to have like half, a half hour meal just stop in have a quick drink uh, I looked at their Amaro section I was like 
you have like all the Amaros we have, except I don't. I've never had this one. Can you tell me about it?" And she knew everything about it. It was ridiculous. Wow. She's like, "This is one of my favorite things." Our, you know, our beverage director brought it in. It's a Cibola Amaro, which okay. is which now lives on my bar. It's I enjoyed it so much. That's incredible. It is now a permanent staple in my house. She. Uh... She probably, all the preparation, time, effort, passion that got her to that point of knowledge, right? Yeah. When she gets to let it flourish, man, that feels Well, good. and when you find somebody else who has the same interest and you get to share that, yeah. It, yeah. it, it becomes intoxicating. It's great it great really when it's does. appreciated. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it can feel like, a, like an endless task. There's so much to know. Right. That you're like, well, why bother knowing any of it? Yeah. Someone could ask me a question I don't know tomorrow. I couldn't conquer this. There's yeah. another bottle of wine shooting onto yeah. the shelf every other week, right? One, one thing a day, that's all I worry about. That's awesome. Just shout learn. out shout out to her. And I'm glad yeah. that's why I press a little bit harder, Mike, because we do need to, I think, highlight more of our wins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. we, uh, we had one guest early on go, uh, we, we asked him at the end, hey, any advice for the show? And he's like, yeah, why are your questions so depressing? <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, shout out to JT. They're all so negative. Can you ask people some good things? The restaurant industry in general is just yeah. a little, like, that's something I try to turn around. It's just like we focus so much on the, the shit that goes wrong. And it's like every day, just, like, stop at the end of a shift yeah. and be like, dude, we fucking crushed hey, it. The show's called The Bartender Rant, not yeah, The I Bartender know, Happy I, Hour. I know. Right? But, um, no, it's, it's good that we get, to, good we get to talk a little bit about that, too. All right, question number five, Evan. <gasps> health code violations now it's very important with this category hmm. to protect the innocent and the guilty especially the guilty uh alrighty. uh so <laughs> the the big one that i think probably countless people have said uh cough into your sleeve mm. cough into your shoulder cough anywhere I except your hand you, Do could, not, you could have done this in hell, uh, or in Pet Peeves Misconceptions. Yeah, and it's it's just, I have a hot take I, about well, this one. I, I saved it for this because, yeah. like, I, you know, you know, you, you, you guys sent me the list of questions just to kind of noodle my brain around, and I was like, yeah, obviously. I have a hot take okay. for you here. What do you got? Okay. The lady is uh, – she has her own pet peeves, mostly uh-huh. about me and how I act and what I do. Um, oh, no. I have an issue with, like – uh, subconsciously, inadvertently, when I have to go to cough or sneeze, like holding my hand up. It's a learned behavior. I understand, right? Because if you were a child of the 90s, <laughs> they told us all to do that. And then all of a sudden, in like the early 2000s, it was like, do it into your elbow pit. You know what I mean? And so. Wait, how are you saying that you did it before? I, 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 just I, like that. Yeah, just like that. Or, you know, if you're sneezing, doing it like that. Because I remember vividly as a, as a young kid, like grade school, them being like, don't just sneeze or cough anywhere. Do it in yeah, your cover it up. Put your hand right? in front of it. Cover that it is up. That's not right? how I was raised. Yeah. I, I'm just put saying. the thing you put on everything yeah. in front of it. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. It was dumb. I'm not arguing with the science. The elbow pit is much I mean, there's superior. already a little bit of piss on there. Why not? Yeah, the elbow pit is it. superior. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you're right. It's a learned behavior. I was taught that. Now, I, w- I am happy to say that since, since we've been sharing a wonderful relationship, I have converted to an elbow pit sneezer and coffer and I've gotten better with it I still on occasion find myself like making that mistake mm-hmm. and this is where my hot take comes in the one good that comes out of it is now if I do sneeze or cough into my hand I'm like ah it's on fire you know and I immediately wash it immediately I immediately run and, and get to the yeah. stop what I'm doing I run to the sink so I will say that my general hygiene especially the washing of hands behind the bar has skyrocketed when I make those sorts of God, mistakes the people are yeah. so thrilled see what I'll do sometimes I'll literally in the put, shirt put my shirt over my nose I've done that one many times too how do you feel about the in the shirt move it's not something I would do if I was like working yeah, behind the I, bar. I mean, if you're behind the bar, yeah, your be shirt's little... not clean to begin with. Yeah, so but... don't put your hands on your shirt either. That's a good point. But that's uh, Fair that... better than the hand. 
way better than the hat. But worse than the elbow pit. Yeah, then worse well, than see, doing but it the this right is way. why I do it because <clears throat> that's still there's still stuff can escape. And if I if I have like really cough or like sneeze, I'm like I'm not putting anyone around me at would, risk of this. I'm I'm going inside here. I would love to meet somebody that that wants to take it to the next level. Like the elbow pit's not enough for them, so they get down in the fetal position. They like cough in between Jesus their legs, Christ. like down onto the Put your head. Back. Yeah. I, head I, I am one of those yes. people who like I'll like ha- like I'll have my hands in my pocket or I'll be doing something. And I go to sneeze, and I feel it coming, and I will just like do a little squat, and just, just like, like right, right between, under the ground, yeah. and <laughs> just like great. all over my pants, that's like great. just throw it down. That's great. That is lower, yeah. lower. People have looked at me. They're like, "You're fucking weird," because like, my, my my sneezes and my coughs are like full body, violent. Yeah, yeah like yeah. particularly my sneezes are like full body exercises. Oh my god. I'm oh. sorry. I'm trying to be considerate to you, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. I know. Hey, hey, how about sorry, next Sorry, I sneezed on the floor that you step on. <laughs> how about next Your time? shoes dirty. Wash it. How about uh, next time we really make this a dirty martini? I'll, I'll sneeze right in your fucking glass. Swish around the vermouth afterwards. Um, that is a good one. Any other health code violations before uh, we take us into halftime? I mean, re- restaurants in general are dirty places. Yeah. And we need to keep better care of them. Yeah, just in general. Yeah, uh, you know, there, there's just the small little pits in the uh, underneath the sliding doors in your coolers, and you know, clean out your ice tray once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, your, yeah, your, we've your, heard well, about your that, well's yeah. probably gross. Just look at it once or twice a week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have uh, a nice deep clean. I've been waiting for this question because I want you to know that uh, at being a longtime veteran in the restaurant business, mm-hmm. I assume. That every restaurant I walk into is just an absolute, yeah. like, E. coli. Pit, I just try not you know? to think about it. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, it's I, rough. Yeah. Yeah, I power ahead and say it's going to help the immune system. And every now and then I walk into an establishment where I'm like, damn, this place is clean. The bathrooms are clean. The bar is clean. The open kitchen that I can see into is clean. Verde's is one of those places. Yeah. You got, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm serious, man. It is noticeably different when you walk in uh, there. I've heard it from a lot of people, particularly like, not health inspectors, but you know, like you know, your 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 pest control guy that comes in to yeah. keep things under control, or the the people who come into the kitchen to like look for new equipment and measure things, and they're like, "This place is fucking clean, dude." Yeah, they dude. like look, but they have to like pull the fryer out to like measure something, and they look behind the fryer, the most notoriously yes. gross place. Yes, in a, and they're like, "Oh, it's just clean back. It's just a floor back there and a wall that's not covered." They're in like, "Yeah, oil. we got it. We got it." And they're like, "Oh, this is fantastic." I've been so impressed that you know, because like I said, my first experience was somebody just bringing boxes into a house party, so I didn't know what the I didn't know what the building looked like. And I walked in, I was like, "This is in, or where am I right now? Am I in Upper Fells? I'm confused." Oh yeah, I've, I've been food safety certified for the last twelve years. Yeah, so it's stickler about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it gets me. I, well, it's much appreciated. Yeah. I can tell you, I'm not the first customer. You're all welcome. Um, you know, David Mulvar, who famously came on the show, we had dinner at Verde before his episode, and he said the exact same thing. So I, I, I love that. Um, and I'm all, I, I just had to give you guys the kudos there. Um, Appreciate the kudos. I, uh, <laughs> I think we have many more we could go down in this category, but I'm going to wrap us up and take this into halftime. Cool. Barflies, we're going to take a short commercial break. Listen to the wonderful executive producers who have put their money where their mouth is and helped bring you this wonderful show. Don't you dare hit that skip button. It's time to hear from our wonderful Bozells, the people that are actually bringing this show to you free of charge. How about that? First of all, we've got Mike, my dad. I'm not going to say daddy. uh, With his 7 and 7 in a maraschino cherry. 
get got, get the lead out, Dad. Come on. Then we've got Chandler, herd card game with the brass monkey, that funky monkey. Thank you, Chandler, for everything. And then, of course, we've got the wonderful Leah Grace with an old-fashioned, a classy drink for a classy lady. Next, we have Brandon from Bartenders with the daiquiri and car bombs. Blow that shit up. Then we have Leo, Leo, sorry, buddy. I know we fucked your name up a bunch of times, but Leo Lelage from Brazil, currently in Paris. The Madeline shot, shaken shot of amaretto, contro, and pineapple juice. Okay, buddy. Uh, then we have the wonderful Javier Ramirez, Dactyl Death. The passionful daiquiri is his own creation. Then we have Regina Grace with a draft nanny light and a hot malort and a champagne flute. The champagne of pain. Get some help, girl. Uh, next, we have Justin Trez from DOS. Thank God somebody from DOS is finally helping out the fucking podcast with a can of Natty and a shot of Rumplemints. Delicious. Next, we have Carlin McFarlane. Sorry, not Carlin. <laughs> Colin McFarlane. Colin McFarlane. Carlin McFarlane. Colin. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it, buddy. Colin McFarlane. Gin and tonic with a smoke glass. You classy bitch. And then... <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Thank you for... <laughs> I'm not re-recording this. Eat my dick. Uh, then we have the Mighty Kempo, our new subscriber. Look at that. Ryan Sales Kempo. Uh, the Mighty Kempo from Shrewsbury with a Fernet Bronca and soda. And if he brought his coins with him, he doesn't even have to pay for that. So thank you, guys. We love all of you, all of you listeners. If you're listening right now, thanks. But, uh, of course, we love our Patreon members. Thank you guys so much for helping put this show on and turning it into something, you know? Um Whenever Steve and I get a divorce, we get to split your money half and a half. So we really appreciate it. All right, now back to the show. Welcome back, listeners and all you wonderful bar flies out there. Another great shout out to those wonderful executive producers. Um, and just a note for Regina, if you're listening to this, you know, Mike and I were talking this morning and... You know, before you came to Baltimore, I did say if you brought Malort, I would lock you out of my fucking house. Mm. So you got what you deserved. Um, <laughs> moving on. What did, I, what did I do? No, no, no. I was just, I just thought that was an interesting observation by you, Mike. And I'm sure she's somewhere cursing. What I'm saying name. is, what did I do to get locked out of your house? Well, you, I, you've been my friend for 10 years. <laughs> do you know the pain what, and What su- haven't you done? You're talking yes, there's nothing exactly. in all this time? Dog, the pain and suffering I went through, just, just knowing all right, you. Let's keep okay. it rolling. Here. Um, <laughs> All right, before we get back into it, Evan, an unbelievable first half of the gauntlet. I Thank love you. some of those stories, especially the ultimate waterfall uh, that we heard about cascading down yes. the stairs and the, the crescendo of the guest reactions from upset to funny to, wow, this is something I've never seen before. Like, it's an eighth wonder of the like, world. Like, is this a Let Us Entertain You restaurant now? Like, is that... <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you start to question reality. Oh, they're doing performance art. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got it. This is their thing here. They probably came many months I, after I, that and I, were I, bored by I, the fact I, that there was no uh, I'd love no to know show. how she got tipped on that night. Oh, I bet she got absolute 40, I 50%. Mean, I, I will tip. tell you from personal experience that a pity tip mm-hmm. is the best tip. It is amazing. Not, not emotionally. So, like, not like for morale. Because emotionally, you're like, oh, they, they saw me fuck up, and they think now they feel bad for me. Yeah, they I know. Pity me, but, but it definitely, pity definitely skyrockets tips. It's better, better than just about any emotion. Like, people genuinely having a good time tip worse than people who feel bad for you. So yeah. we've, we, not to get off on another tangent, we, this em. has been a trope of the show, and Steve wants to see a bartender I out there do a doing social an experiment. experiment where you would, you know, control for it, and you would do your regular service, record your tips. 
then you would start in intentionally fucking up, spilling drinks, every dropping shift, trays, every table, and record your tips and see if you could get tipped better by fucking up all the time. I mean, yes, the managers would hate it. Yeah, but you'd have to get a restaurant fully on board, and it would almost have to be the, like a the dick thing, slash the thing you resort. Do is you just put water in a vodka bottle. And then you intentionally knock that drink over, so you're not wasting the ah, product. See, I love it. And you're you just, just continually. Already, see, yeah, we know, I'll help you. We know we're. We know we're. The, we're, we're we, Can we, we do this ad verdict? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, you've been great, been giving great service ever since you've been here. We're, we're gonna have to switch it up, okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is for science. It's for the people here. I knew the second he was like, "Let me help." I'm like, "All right, shameless plug." Can we do it a verdict? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get right back into the gauntlet. But before we do, having a very yeah. important question: Ranch or blue cheese? Neither. Neither. Uh, I don't like either. Talk it out. My, my dad loves blue cheese. So my okay. dad is a blue cheese guy. Yeah. Loves blue cheese sounds dressing. Like, sounds like a great man. Uh, he is 100% in the blue cheese camp. Uh, my twin sister loves, really enjoys ranch. Uh, and I just I just fall somewhere in the, I don't need anything with my wings kind okay. of guy. I assume this is like a wing-based question, it's, but just it's, in general. It's in general, but wings really are the true test Yeah, that's because yeah. it's always it's a perennial question where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, blue cheese or ranch? And like, if I ever order wings on Grubhub or Uber, I'll like type in the comments, like, just keep the sauces. I don't need them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, because listen. I throw them away and I feel so bad every time. Cause, now, what, like, about, what about blue cheese crumbles? So, I... So you you and I spoke that I, I we I play DV every Wednesday with with friends, and two of the three people who come over, big cheese fans. Historically, I am not a cheese guy. They love aged cheeses. They love blue cheeses. I like hard cheeses. Love me some aged, lo- love me some aged cheddars. Sure. Love me some Parmigiano Reggianos. Some pecorino romanos. The second you get soft aged cheese, though, yeah. you lose me. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Steve has literally it. called people like you psychopaths on the show before. No, I haven't. What yes, are you talking you about? Go back and listen to it. You no, I, what I saw psychopaths. Wait, wait, he's wait. like he's like these people that I know that are out there. The people who don't like either. <laughs> okay, I may have called them psychopaths. I don't remember everything I said, but at least you're not a ranch elitist, and that's who we're really trying no, to weed I, out I, in this I'm world. You, I, I think if you're an elitist about anything, so there's there's a, there's a line I like to draw when it okay. comes to elitism. There are two kinds of people. There are people who are snobs, and there are people who are pretentious. And snobs really enjoy something. And okay. they, they just want quality, and they want to do it the right way. Pretentious people want to do all that, and then also let you know that they're doing it, and then also feel better because they're doing mm-hmm. it. And let you know that you're yeah. not doing and, it And, and shame yeah. people for doing it differently, or right. to a lower standard by their assessment. So, by your definition, I don't like the pretentious ranch eaters. There you go. I'm telling you, I know you've seen it in your restaurant career. The people that judge others for being blue cheese eaters, the people that are so obsessed with ranch, they got to like waterboard themselves. Well, and also, them. you never see somebody order a bowl of blue cheese. No. It's always these crock wearing motherfuckers that are just like. <laughs> You know, just, you know, the gene pool, you know, needed to be a little... Uh, okay, we're getting into the elitist stuff here. All right. Wait, no, really, really quick question, really quick question here. Uh, you've been you've been playing D&D for a long time. I have. What's your current character? Can you just give us a little brief uh, overview I want to hear about? Great question. So, so I, I'm currently DMing. We take turns. What, so uh, what? I just jumped back, but the game we oh, just... Oh, you're currently left. DMing. Yes. The okay. game we just... We take turns DMing. What edition? Jump back and forth. Fifth edition. Okay. So we jump back and forth between campaigns. Uh, the, the character I was playing in Alex's game, one of my friends, who we, he just handed the reins back to me last week with session one of jumping back into my game. Uh, it's a uh, a half-elf, half-drow uh, 
uh, warlock uh, who is uh, impacted with a impacted that's the wrong word who has a pact with a seafaring creature he got knocked overboard he drowned he died uh, or at least he thinks he died Mm -hmm. it's not actually certain whether or not he died or whether or not he just in the last moment of his life made a deal that he now regrets oh okay Uh, so it's that classic trope it's a little tropey but I wanted I wanted to keep it simple because I wasn't sure how long this campaign was going to go on. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for months now. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. He, uh, he wears a trench coat that is, in fact, his patron that he carries oh. with him. So his trench coat, and it was just revealed in the last session of the game before we do- jumped out of it. We'll be back to it in a few months. Uh, it, just, it was just revealed that his trench coat, when he was healed, some, someone cast mending on his trench coat. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the artificer tried to heal his mm-hmm. trench coat and couldn't. Because it's living and it because wasn't it's, a... Because it's not a... But nobody, not else, nobody else knew it. So he was just sitting there and he's like, oh yeah, the shirt underneath the trench coat like fixed itself uh-huh. from the wound. But the trench coat remained uh-huh. frayed. You need greater restoration for that. Yeah, and yeah. I, as, as he walked... like I, I then mentioned later in the session that like they noticed that like my trench coat was fixed. Mm-hmm. And they were like, wait, what? And they, they one of the people rolled very high and they saw like little threads, mm-hmm. kind of like almost like, like little maggots kind of like stitching themselves back together. Ooh. Love it. You should seriously ch- just check out bartenders. You'd really I will. Because, yeah. because it's all people who've been in the service industry, so they talk about bartending and everything else, but then they just have a good time playing. D&D. We did a crossover episode with it them. Was a lot we of came fun. on, we created our own characters, we played their campaign with them. Uh-huh. Our characters went to the the fictitious bar, the tale and the mm-hmm. telling. And yeah. I'm I'm I really love D and D. I I don't I've only played a handful of times, but I love the creativity of it mm-hmm. and I love that it p- tries to push your limits to be creative and thoughtful and mm-hmm. and and um, a lot of similar through lines between bartending and serving and D and D. yeah absolutely the, the storytelling aspect collective the, the storytelling. collecting knowledge yeah. and then sharing it with other people yeah it's all part of your arsenal we were um we just had somebody on recently that uh introduced to us um fernet coins and uh we had never heard of the fernet bronca yeah, are you coins. feeling about are you familiar with the challenge no. coins so i'd never heard this apparently fernet bronca you know being this famous amaro uh, or his famous Amari, what they do is they produce these coins, and there's different types of different them. countries produce them. It's either a country produces them, a or bar, Fernet, a bar, a bar can or produce Fernet, them as like, well. Commissions a bar to do it. There's not a lot of them. They're serialized, so there's only so many of them. And what basically happens is you can never ask for one. You can only get one. I'd never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. But basically, if you're part of cocktail competitions, if you sell a lot of Fernet Branca. Um, you can get one. And these coins have D&D level power. So like if you're in public and you're out and you slap the coin on the table, the bartender has to give you a, a free shot of Fernet Branca. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're out at a table and you slap one in front of your buddy, they have to buy you the Fernet Branca. Or you can challenge them to a drink. Unless they pull out their coin and slap one down mm-hmm. and then it's, then it's a, a challenge. If you don't have it on you, you're allowed to walk five steps to, re- to retrieve it. Yeah, do you it's see very, how this is very, very cool. D&D? It's, this started from uh, military challenge coins. Um, that's uh, people Post-World st- War II and in Italy. It, well, and they're still around, but uh, you know, um, pe- people can do this. My buddy Fred, uh, Annie's uh, brother, was telling me, because he was uh, in, in uh, the Marines. Yeah. Um, people get challenge coins from like when they are, you know, in the service and, you know, uh, a higher ranking official, you know, wants to commend them. They'll give them a challenge coin. I just loved it. It's this underground bartender secret society. It carries power with it. Mm -hmm. The guy who was telling us about it, he set up the story perfectly. He's like, it'd be great if you had one coin. It'd be even better if you had two coins. You know what's better than two coins? Three coins. Seriously. He told us these wonderful stories of how he earned all of them. And 
you know, if, you, if you're if, so even cool. if you don't want to subscribe to the Patreon for a long time, you should honestly just subscribe once for and one go month. through and listen to the content. Yeah, because Kempo's Kempo's yeah. Patreon, dude, all of shift the Patreon drink, stuff is Kempo's great, shift yeah. drink episode was on. Yeah. and you'll get a shout out on the podcast. So give us your fucking money. So yeah. anyway, let's keep it rolling. You know here, where I'm know. going? The very first time I get my because uh, it's a. I'm, I'm determined to get one of these mm. for net coins. You know where I'm you going. Stroll to Verde. You know where like, I am. Like, I'm I, know, I, know you got, I know you got for net on the, the Mario shelf. I'm like, get the bottle, baby. <laughs> All right, Evan. Question number six. Let's if, get back if, into the before gauntlet. Before we jump into that, I feel obligated to yeah. educate you a little bit. Amari is plural. Amari is okay. plural. Yeah. Not Amaro's. Yeah. I said it and I knew Well, Amaro's it. is English. But if you want to do it the Italian way, it's, it's Amaro Amari. All right. And, and I've heard you. That's a distinction. Some people think it's pretentious when people hear like Amari. You but know no, what? I'm doing a St. Petersburg, St. Pete's thing to you right now, <laughs> just to piss you off. No, I'm just kidding. I appreciate, I appreciate the correction because. Uh, well, you've pluralized Verde a few times, like I used to do with Popellis. Verdes, yeah. And and my my high school girlfriend used to get livid when I would call things like Popellis. Like, no, it's Popelli. Potbelly. Like, stop, stop pluralizing the or possessifying these yeah. <laughs> restaurant names. Well, it's an important correction because, again, I'm spewing so much hot garbage out my mouth on the show. Right. And I would like the listeners to actually get like fact based material mm-hmm. from time to time. It's so helpful. it's a very important correction. There you go. All right, my friend. Question number six Ratchet and crazy customers. Now, obviously, we want to hear about when people are behaving badly in the restaurant spa- uh, space, especially the patrons. But, Mike, explain to him that this is more than just the ratchet and crazy. Mm-hmm. We've expanded this to memorable customers, customers as well, because those people really do mm-hmm. make your time in the service industry so much more special. And so if there's somebody that left a big impact on you that you want to shout out, you can do that here as well. Cool. Uh, wow, that's that's hard. So the, the one thing I love about Verde in particular, the last... 11 years we've been there is that the, we're a family restaurant first and foremost. So it's the, the people and the clientele that come there, you know, uh, mid to early thirties, uh, sometimes into their forties, they've got young families mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, and it's just the, the interactions like I couldn't, it's nearly impossible to single any of them out. Uh, there are, there are people who will come in there and just that have been coming there forever. And they will be like, Hey, is Evan around? And they'll be like, "Yeah, why?" And they're like, "Can you ask him to do a magic trick?" Oh my god! And I'm god. like, and then people like new servers who've been there like a month or two, it'll be like, they'll like come and find me. They'll I'll be in the office or in the wine room or downstairs or just walking around. They'll be like, Evan, like table six just asked for you to do a magic trick, and I'm not sure if this is a prank. And I'm like, no, that's not a prank. It just happens from time to time. Word has gotten around that the general manager of Verde just knows how to do magic. He's a tricks. fucking the warlock. E- the effervescent Evan can do magic. <laughs> it is very D&D. Okay. So, the, uh, so like that, that, that sort of vibe just permeates the entire restaurant. So I have countless great stories of just people who have come in and just made my day better. Mm. Um, we used to do a late night event at Verde that we've stopped doing recently. Um, but the first Friday of every month, we would stay open until 2 a.m. Uh, we would bring in a bar or a liquor rep, or not a liquor rep, but like a either a brewery or a distillery. Or like we did like uh, Baltimore Spirits Company. We yeah. did, you know, Checker Spot, like all sorts of these local breweries. And we would bring them in. We would highlight their beers or their spirits on a cocktail menu or like turn off all our taps except theirs. They would bring in bottles and it would basically just be like a cross promotion night where people would come in. 
and like the amount of magic that I did during those nights and the amount of people that would come in and just make the day better. You take like your apron was, off and you go get a cape. Yeah. I feel like, excuse me, you take the apron and just tie it on backwards. Yeah. Put, just turn it, spin it around. It's a capron. I'm going to need you to call yeah. it a capron. That's a fantastic name. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's there are families. I The one thing I, I didn't realize was going to happen is when we opened Verde 11 years ago, I didn't consider being open 11 years and seeing children yeah. grow up on our pizza. Mm. I know I, stuff, I know man. I know kids that are in their pre prepubescent like teen years that came here in strollers. Mm. Like I've known them their entire life. Wow. And it's fucking wild. Mm. It is weird, dude. Like that that is so it's not like one interaction, it is the countless interactions mm. every day. I- um, and that's, you know, just a small family business. You get so much of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to blow your mind even more. When ah. that young child turns 21, you serve them their get... first drink. Yeah. That one really has been hard for me as I've gotten older in the business. Um, well, my little customers all grown up. No, I'm, I'm serious, man. It's been wild to sit down. You know, you're, you're especially where I'm at now, because I'm not in a craft scene like what you guys have developed. I'm in a volume scene. And so sometimes I'm at work and I'm running, I'm running every direction. I'm making orders, making orders. And all of a sudden, you know, I take an order from some young kid who's at, you know, already been carded by a bouncer who's at the bar. And I'm like, do you want to start a tab? They're like, sure. And I take the card. And I'm like, no, are you really? Uh, and I just feel so uncomfortable. I'm like, I saw you with like macaroni and cheese on your face and it feels like it was yesterday, right? And now, and now you're like ordering a cocktail or a beer for me and it just, man, it really dates the no, bar no, service. Nothing puts you. you in your 30s or 40s. Yep. Like serving someone you knew as a child. You're like, God damn it. Yep. <laughs> but uh, no, that day is coming for you. And it's cool. I, I think, I, I gotta say, shout out to those cool parents that raised their kids on good Neapolitan well, pizza. Well, I feel like that would be, it made sense to me when you said that, because the parents are like, okay, we know the kids will eat pizza, mm-hmm. and we can go out and actually get a decent pizza and maybe yeah. a decent cocktail as well. So. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I think that's a really, you, really Do you have one. any ratchet and crazy ones? We love the heartwarming stories. From Einstein Bagel. I, <laughs> I, there are countless. Einstein Bagel. People are fucking weird at six they're, in the morning. They're fucking mean. Just say what it is. I worked right. at Panera Bread. They're fucking mean, like dude. Like people before their coffee, like they just think everything's okay. They're like, <laughs> I haven't had my coffee. I have a free card to be an asshole all day until eight o'clock. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Like I've been here since 3 a.m. Yeah. Show me some decency. Uh, I will give you one rat, the most ratchet thing that's happened. We've had a beer bottle thrown at our front door at Verde. That, was, that was wild. From like, somebody, a guest that was in no, there? No, it was just a, the, someone hocked a beer bottle at our front door. Really? And our front door is like, it's not safety glass, but it is like reinforced with like little like metal. Like it's kind of got like that like diamond lattice on the inside. Oh, yeah. It's pretty thick. Yeah. And it's like frosted. It's like the the glass that was on the nurse's door at it, you, yeah, you know, like, like that, your that elementary kind of school. It's you a know? frat guy walking by. He's like, this is for not cutting my pizza. Like <laughs> it hard enough to like send a little chunk, like really? one of the little diamonds into the restaurant. Wow. Like a Whoa. little pin, pinhole size hole. You, did you have service going? Yeah, it was time? like eight o'clock on Fuck a Saturday. That. No way. Dude. Yeah. Just hucked a Corona bottle at the front door. <laughs> what happened? Did we? Did you call the police? Did I think it? we called the police. He he drove off. He ran away. Oh, he was driving. Wait, what? I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know. Just like, just disappeared. I was probably scootering. I heard the commotion. The host just kind of yipped, and then I walked over. and I'm like, "What's going on?" There's a hole in the door. It's like like a small little hole, but yeah, it was. See, you don't even. You don't really even fucking hurt. That dude. glass is hard. Yeah. Like because if they would have thrown it through the window, 
next to the bar, it would have come right no through question. and no question. pegged someone in the head. Also, imagine if a customer just opened the door. You're like, see you, Evan. Thanks just for the right meal. Great face. time. Boom. Fall Corona backwards. bottle right into the teeth. You know, like that Jesus would have been brutal. Christ. Horrendous. Jesus. Whoever you are out there, you're an asshole. Yeah. And I bet you're a bad driver, too. <laughs> I also bet you have bad hair. Uh, is it bad hair or dumb we, hair? You have dumb hair. Your hair is dumb. You have dumb hair. Fortunately, our price point keeps a lot of the riffraff yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we don't deal with a lot. Uh, we do deal with entitled older people, yes, particularly in their late forties, early fifties, who are emotionally ratchet. that are that are like that are like drunk, but refuse to admit that they're drunk. Oh so we, yeah, we've cut off maybe a handful of people a year tops. Like yeah. not we're not we're not in a bar in Falls Point. There's a great vibe there. Dealing really with that. great vibe. Uh, but this one lady came in and just could not walk straight. Mm. She walked in. She tripped on the carpet coming into the restaurant. She looked over the host's head and she said, "Can we see that the bar?" While slurring all of her words. That's also not where the bar is. <laughs> uh, uh, then walk to the bar. And you've been to our bar. You know we've got those stools that like spin up. They're backless stools. They're also that kinda, different sizes. Well, they're different heights. Yeah. But you can spin them. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. But I'm saying. Clockwise goes down, counterclockwise yeah, goes down. Yeah, but you can like customize yeah. it. That's what I'm but saying. But my point is, it's a backless stool. You just step over it and you sit down. Regardless of what height it is. And she was, she walked over to it. And she just put her hands on it. And she kept lifting one leg and then lift the other leg. <laughs> she and she was, was she was trying to figure out how to mount this thing <laughs> like it was like a bull that was going to throw her across the bar. <laughs> and then she sat down. She kind of like stumbled. And the bartender just looked at me. He's like, dude. We can't serve her. Like, what are, what are we doing? And she lost it. Like, the idea that he like slid them over. And like the guy who had also clearly been drinking, like they had both been drinking, but he was at least holding himself together. Yeah. Like we were maybe going to one and done him kind of thing. Yeah. But like... She were like, I can't, I can't. She can't even stand up. Yeah. It was wild. It's tough, man. You got to hate it when people get wasted and get angry. I mean, it's, they're doing you, you're, yeah. you're doing them a favor. You're trying to keep them safe. And it's, it's hard. That they that, that's the thing that. I tell my staff and I will tell all the bartenders out there and all the servers. Cause we've had, we had a server cut off. Actually, I can give you another story. Uh, we had a server cut off a, a table of like maybe early 20 year olds. And one of their IDs looked kind of sketchy. So she's like, I can serve you two, but this ID kind of looks a little weird. I'm sorry. I don't feel comfortable serving you. And they lost it. Like, they just were not having it. And they were like, she's 29. And then, like, the table next to them is like, ask her where she was on 9-11. You're like, what? Jesus what, what, Christ. What are we doing? Yeah, look, we, we, look, we reserve the right to refuse service to anybody, yeah. number one. Okay, this is a private establishment. It's yeah. not, you do not get the privilege of eating at Verde. You don't get to be young and 20 exactly. and then upset that your ID was a little where, sketchy. Where, where were you on 9-11? Number, that is a yeah. great question to date people. Yeah. The, the other, the other uh, and I love that we watched Roadhouse last night because it comes into play when they first meet Dalton. He's like, I want you to be nice. Mm -hmm. If somebody calls you a cocksucker, I want you to be nice. What if somebody calls my mama a whore? Is she? I want you to be nice. <laughs> That's the thing. It, and it, it's tough because you got to cool people down. But you have to, you just got to know when it's not safe. It's not safe for you. It's not safe for the customer. It's not safe for the rest of the patrons. And I, I've explained to all of our younger staff. I'm like, so let me tell you what happens if you serve someone who's underage and they signal a cop and he writes you a ticket. That is hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Like they can find you anywhere up to like five yep. grand. Yep. that you don't have verde will be fine you get fine and verde gets fine verde has a bad day and you throw away all the sales for that day mm. yeah. you're gonna have a bad month or year oh yeah like Probably, yeah yeah like it's not comparable you we're not doing it for our protect we could lose our liquor license that would really mm -hmm. suck yeah but no one takes your liquor license away from one bartender mistake it's a repetitive 
We had a regular that I had to ban for good, literally just a week ago. We were one of our best regulars, um, him and his buddy. They're foreign. I'm not sure where they're from, Eastern Europe, Balkans mm-hmm. area. Uh, and they come in. They used to really love Val. They would come. They would drink some beers. The two of them would just slug beers, maybe get a little food. For the very first time, I saw them both come in with significant others, you know, dates or partners, whatever. Mm-hmm. They are there for a good five, six hours. Nothing different, right? Nothing out of the norm. But on this particular night, um, the one guy decides that he's going to walk outside to smoke a cigarette, as they generally do. We're not worried, right? Yeah. You know, we don't even take a tab for them because they come so often. Drop, walks outside to the front of the restaurant on Harford Road, right? So now this is your way exposed. You're at the corner of Harford and Joppa, big, busy intersection. And uh, just so happens that right at the time that he goes out there, which I thought to smoke a cigarette, I'm walking right behind him out to close the decks down. I'm going to wipe the tables, turn the TVs off, lock the doors, right? Kind of a thing we do Mm -hmm. toward the end of the night. As I walk out onto the one deck, if you're standing out the front of the door, you can like reach into that, like there's an opening, right? Like the deck's right there. And I walk out and we have this giant industrial fan because it's still really hot. And there's some like mist spraying out of the fan. I'm like, what the fuck? As I open the door, I look around the corner and I get met with this guy's fucking cock. He is standing there, ass cheeks to Hartford Road, peeing back at the building, dick hanging out of his pants, just on the sidewalk, ripping a cigarette, peeing right into the fan that's on the deck that is now spraying piss all over the place. Jesus Christ. Okay? And I look at him and I'm like, what the fuck, man? And he like zips his pants up. I go running back out, outside to him. I was like, you're fucking done. Who's you're... putting their dick anywhere near a fan? That's yeah. not it. Darwin well, would like a like message. He was like to the fan. He was like, he, yeah. he had a fence in between him. But, he um, was making this sound like, wah, wah, wah. I know it sounds crazy. I don't think he even saw the fan. I think he was just peeing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. To, but he was peeing on the building. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? I was like, you're done. He's like, yo, calm down, man. It is not that big big of a deal. And he's like trying to give me the whole shtick. He's not even that drunk. And I just remember being like, look, dude, if a cop comes by and you're peeing on this building, there's a chance we lose our liquor license. And you know what happens if that happens? All those people that work here don't pay their rent, all right? So this is not funny. Like it, it And so we ended up having bed. To, uh, I went in, closed his check, gave it to his lady. I said, you guys are done. You're banned. We ended up kicking them out for the night, and and they're they're on the shit list at the moment. But um, piss list. Yeah, the piss list. It was crazy. I was gonna give you shit because you did the same thing you always do, but that was pretty good. Thank you. Mm. Um, I also had that was to- a great that was a great story, Evan. Let me tell you some of mine. All right, here we go. <laughs> no, I've been wanting to tell the ratchet crazy customer story, but it hasn't been the, no, the no, right time. For it. That was and, great. Uh, I love that he pulled his pants all the way down. Plus, I thought did you he, would, did he like were they, pull, were they, were they ankle pull, or was he like holding it at the waist? He he pull, he's, like, he's pulling his he shirt almost, up. You know? He almost like had him like to his knees. Okay. I mean, like his ass was so, hanging so he out. did the spread leg. Yeah, and they were trying to like hold. He kind of his legs were all a little bit of dignity left. I also told this story because the idea of me wiping up piss off of tables I thought would really amuse Michael I thought he would really you gotta gotta mop those tables extra well you gotta mop them alright that one's in the spank bank later (laughs) question number seven you just calm down Evan alright who do you think you are fights (laughs) arrests and (laughs) fires now uh, what we want to hear is about when shit pops off in the restaurant business obviously we know about kitchen fires and 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 you know the crazy things that happen but I want to see what people are made of how do people react to these crazy things Mm mhm uh, I actually have two really fun actual fire stories. I good. Don't don't Steve involve the kitchen. Steve loves a good fire story. Uh, when I was working at the aforementioned Castaways, when I was very young, uh, they had uh, at one point those kind of very classic 
uh, plastic like linoleum checker tablecloths that you see at some Italian restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like back in the nineties. Oh, I know. Or the dress that what's her face is wearing Kelly in Roadhouse. Lynch is wearing in yeah. Roadhouse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's like, it's like, like, uh, Oh God, what is it? It's like rubber on the bottom, but like plastic. I know on the exactly top. what you're talking yeah. about. Uh, yeah. And one, one day they were walking a cake out that had candles on it. And they tripped on the deck because it was like literally a wooden deck. So it was like, you know, slightly uneven. Sure. And you have like little wear and tear. Stub your toe in places uh, and just kicked it and just yeeted the cake <laughs> onto the table. Oh, and that like candle burns first. like a motherfucker. And it set the thing off way quicker than any of us were ready wow. for. It was a brutally hot day. So it was already like 110, like just sitting in the sun. So it was like ready to go. And Jesus. it just it, it fell over. The cake hit. The table just like sparked, almost like fizzled for a second, and then it turned into napalm, and it dripped on one lady's leg. Oh, and what seared the, the crap, like because it just it was like this rubber plastic. I, yeah. So it just turned. This is why, in case anyone's curious, in a kitchen you have to use paper, uh, like printer tape. You can't mm-hmm. use ah. the thermal paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if there's a kitchen fire, it drips and it turns into napalm. Like that plastic stuff is. Dangerous. So I was right the other show about thermal paper. That yeah. shit. Is... I think we've even talked about this before. Yeah, that, yeah go that on, stuff yeah. is dangerous. You don't want that. In a it's kitchen. like old movie film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so she got burned pretty badly. Wow. Not not severely to the point where she needed like skin grasp, but like she's got a mark. Oh, like I've got shit. a mark here from a burn. Like it's yeah. just it's just like mm-hmm. that forever. She's got this small little, you know, like Greenland. How that happen? Well, a cake lit a table on fire. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Vietnam? It was kind of like that. <laughs> Jesus God! Uh, how, how many how many Vietnam vets does it take to change a light bulb? You don't know, man. You weren't there. <laughs> my, my great uncle was actually a Huey pilot in Vietnam and a POW twice, oh, um, and made it back twice. Oh. POW twice. Holy shit! It's, yeah, he's got to so, get better at his job. He's got to get better at hiding. <laughs> you motherfucker! Very good at it. That was right. He's an American treasure. You shut he, up. He's bear. a hero. Thank you for his service. I'm still going to make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You take it. You take it. Oh man. Yeah. If he went to Nam, he can certainly take he it. He can take yeah. it. Uh, That's incredible. That that and then how did also, it get put out though? It puts itself out. Like it once oh, it once it, just, it hits it burns the wind away. Deck, yeah, like okay. it's not. All right, got it. It's hot for like an instant, and, it's and then out. and then it cools off. Got it, like got it just it basically turns into like really hot putty yeah then hits the ground and it cools off the second it hits something cold it cooled off the second it hit her leg kind of like candle wax yeah, yeah candle wax is brutally hot until it hits you and then, then it, it cools sears down. you a little bit then yeah, it's yeah. you know room temperature jesus again. uh the second one whoa, is whoa, whoa. oh sorry pump the brakes the lady she pissed off did they get a oh, free deal like I mean, did yeah, she they, was she, there she litigation I think she got. She free, owns ten percent of the restaurant. Right, exactly. I think she got free nachos for life. I think yeah, that was what, that we, really, what we gave her. No, you did it. I think so. It's like like look, in addition to like a free meal and an apology, it, and like, if you don't sue us, free nachos for life, bitch. Yeah. Okay, we're sorry. I would love to be part of those negotiations where you're going back and forth. Wow. Okay, free mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella I'll, I'll sticks. Raise you nachos. That's that's the the goddamn mozzarella. <laughs> I got burned in the lake. All right, free nachos. Okay, all right. All right. Nachos are cool. <laughs> Can I get them fully loaded? Uh, Once a week. Once a don't, don't don't overdo it. Uh, no, she 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 was taken care of. There was, I mean, there's only so much you can do with that. Part. No, I was like, just curious because some people, because obviously it was the accident. Yeah. But I, just, I mean, lady, it's your it's your leg, not your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? mean? <laughs> she she was burned, but not to the point where like it was like a medical issue. I guess. Like a, so what's know. the second one? Uh, the second one is I learned to request of my female servers, particularly, uh, not to wear long flowing shirts. 
that have like sleeves that are like you've seen them. They're like yeah, the, yeah. like the like the butterfly wing sleeves or whatever that drape down yeah. to like at your wrist. Like you know your sleeve is like three feet long. Mm. long. Uh, because we had a server once, similar situation, oh, light, no. lighting a cake. Oh no! And she went she went to hold it so that the wind would stop blowing. Bo- both and cake she, scenarios. And she lit her sleeve on fire, <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" And of course, it was like a fleece. It was like a fleece cotton, like lightly knitted. So the yeah. second it caught, Synthetic it went fibers, right up. Yeah. And I just had to run up behind her and just grab her hand and just clasp my hands around her wrist. And the fire went out immediately. But you just, I just grabbed it. I was like, this is the first thing I could think to do. <laughs> and then you just say, ta-da, and you and both just, bow. <laughs> and I just, like in true magician form, just pull my hands off. like, it was all a joke. It's a flammable sleeve. Woo-hoo. Let's give a round of applause to my lovely it assistant was, slash hostess. Yeah, it was... Uh, this one wasn't at a restaurant. I can I can tell you that it did not happen in Verde, uh, but it just happened to happen at someone's house. What happened to like the cake? Just the cake was fine. Oh, okay. She didn't even drop it. What no, because the cake was on the table. She was she, using one. She was hand, lighting. She was using candles. one hand to scream because there was like a draft from a mm-hmm. fan or something. So she was using a little like one of those little like match, uh, those little like fire guns. Whatever yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, <laughs> and she was lighting it, and then like the breeze blew her sleeve into the uh, path. Hell. God. And it went up like, like a, like a, I don't know what goes up like quickly. a tablecloth, like a tablecloth. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it was so quick that it was just like it was instinctual, and everyone just kind of looked at me. They're like, "Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? You just grabbed fire." I'm like, Ta-da. I don't put out the oxygen. Dude. Everyone else like took a step back, and I took a step forward. And they were yeah, like, "You got to oh, back now, now." I know who to call if shit's going down. Yeah, Everyone's dude. like, "Oh, Evan's the guy." Evan's the guy because I'm like CPR certified like so like first aid is like not new to me like I'm pretty good in like panic situations also let's call it what it is you've worked in restaurants long enough yeah. but you've burned yourself oh. many times oh, yeah, and it's just I, like I've the, got I, a few burns on the hands I was I was just talking about the, uh, this lady the other day I love fire so much like I love I'm a bit of a pyro I love building a good campfire I don't get as freaked out about fire like I'll you know, we're going to get involved if something gets lit on fire. So uh, some people really fold. They have, like, a fire phobia. And well, it's weird because I am actually one of those people. I don't have a fire phobia. I'm fire averse. Ah. Like, I don't even like lighters. Like, holding a flame yeah. in my hand. I get, like, this weird... seen too much, man. I, I get yeah. intrusive thoughts. I don't know if you're familiar with these yes. kinds of thoughts. Oh, yes. Where it's like, the what happens if I just, void. like, touch the fire? Like, you just start thinking about what yep. happens. With- I can't look at fire too long before the thoughts start to creep in. Yeah. And it's like a weird pyromaniac sense where it's Why just like... Why don't you just give me that pen? I, I, <laughs> I'm afraid I like fire too much, so I stay away from but it. But it makes you it makes you a perfect person to manage a restaurant to, because to inevitably... To oven? Yes, you are going to inevitably cross paths with fire and have yeah. to do something about it. So she, that's uh, And she didn't get burned or anything. It just you got... No, I mean, she got scared out of her mind. Yeah. But it's like, you ever do the thing where you pass your finger through the flame? Oh, but yeah. It doesn't actually burn, burn you? you yeah. It was... It's the same nice. thing. One of my like, favorite. So the flame was around her arm, but not yeah. for long. I now. used to love to light matches and then swallow them. Oh, that's that good. one always messes do, with people. Do you ever do the the jack o' lantern where you light a match, put it between your teeth, and keep your mouth open, and you'll you'll glow like a jack o' lantern? Oh, really? I've never. It's a very cool bar trick. Okay, you're gonna have to show know. us this later. <laughs> Tommy, yeah, a- Tommy used to like to do the one. Do you ever hold the match on the matchbook with the the lighter side of the match down, and then you flick it, and it's like sending flaming arrows going through the air? No, that was a really good. That was great, and we we don't get a lot of fire stories for. So thanks for that. Ed. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's funny because they were women. I'm sorry. That it's an it's inside joke. No, no, no. This is it. you have to understand. This is for me, Stephen Regina only from the weekend we just. That is here. an inside joke. If you don't get it, go back and listen. Don't call us. Don't add us. Don't cancel us, please, dear God. It is a funny joke. 
Because they're ladies. Uh, all right. Anyway, question number eight. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Mike, explain how this category started and what it's been expanded to. It started out just as the sexy Lexi. You know, the, there's a lot of friction in, you know, uh, the bar and restaurant staff. People bumping into each other all night. People are coming out and drinking and getting a little, you know, amorous. Um, but we wanted to expand this to drugs and rock and roll as well. Because a lot of times, it's kind of a party scene. You know what I mean? So we wanted to allow space for all of these different, you know, kind of debaucherous sides of the industry. Yeah, that's uh, so this this is one that I don't have a lot of personal experience with. I've seen secondhand, you know, I've, I've been around and I've been privy to certain, you know, workplace relationships. Obviously, uh, you know, we've had servers that have slept on other servers. We've had, you know, all sorts of co-mingling and we generally frown upon it. I think most industries should and yeah. would if they were invested enough um, because it's just there are, there are no good outcomes. Gets messy. Yeah, and right now we have four people, couples, that are all working at Verde that are in a relationship. Yeah. And I've had conversations with all four of them mm. individually and as couples. They'd be like, hey, let's, we're just going to keep this cool at work. Like, your, your interaction with so-and-so can't be any different than your interaction with anyone else. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're all cool with that, like, that's fine. Let's like, keep I'm not, it professional. Yeah, I'm not worried about your relationship. Mm -hmm. When you drag your relationship into work, that's when it becomes my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, more interestingly though, uh, when we first opened Verde, my dad and stepmother are the owners and my stepmom had one rule for me as a 22 year old male. Uh, and she phrased it so elegantly. So as don't fuck the payroll. Ooh, I like that. And that was, that was her <laughs> one, genuinely her one rule. Cause at the time we had a very pretty blonde hostess and she was like, we were the same age and she was like, don't even fucking think about it. <laughs> Don't even think about it. I love that line. Don't fuck the payroll. That is, that is great. That has lived with me forever. I've never been compelled to. Um, I was in a relationship with one of our former runners for two years, but we didn't start dating until after they had put in their two weeks notice. Yeah. So like I've I've stuck to that. Yeah, for the most part. And it's, I think that's a good rule of thumb. It's good policy. We've also met uh, a lot of bartenders. Kim and Cha, for example, uh, Casey, they met their significant other that they married and are spending the rest of their life with while they were working together. So yeah. I agree. I think generally it's a bad idea. I um, work with my significant other you know, right now. But you know what? If you find true love, go for it. Yeah. Don't yeah. let that slip away. I, I think what it really comes down to is like you don't have to... I think you can be mature in your romantic endeavors as well. Like, dude... Just keep it separate from your job. Mm -hmm. It's just so hard because the restaurant business creates this environment where especially, you know, it's not like an office job, right? It's not, you know, we're we're being more open with who we are. We're being open with the customers. We also, we've also talked about this. crazy hours. There's alcohol involved. This is one of the industries where your actions throughout the night affect everyone else around you. Yeah. If you're working in an office job, sure, if you fuck something major up, it affects other people. But you're not bumping into it. You're not forgetting to put a bottle back. You're not taking too long to bring in your checks. Yeah. So you're, you know what I mean? So if you're giving, if you've got some tension with somebody else, that can just permeate and affect everybody else all uh, around you all well, night. One bad egg ruins mm -hmm. the pot immediately. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you get one person having a bad day and it'll just cascade. Mm -hmm. So before we move on to question number nine, because I think that's a really fitting way to answer this question. You've left us with a great quote. Yep. One of the fun, one of Mike and I's most fun things about doing this show is we learn new words and mm -hmm. new phrases and new quotes. One of my new favorite ones from Kempo is a skinful. Yeah. 
which is uh, like if you're drunk. If you're going to really go out and get drunk and tie one on, you're, you're having a skin full because you're filling your skin up with alcohol. That's like it's a, so bizarre. He's yeah. from, he's, it's, it's an English yeah, it's an, well, yeah, it's an Irish, Irish colloquialism. Irish colloquialism yeah. So okay. skin full. And I just loved that term. But that's another good one. I've heard a lot of are different... You, are you sure it's not like a water skin? No, no, that no. Might also, that's also a pretty the, good origin. This is, mm. what, this is how he kind of... Yeah, like okay. almost, almost like a canteen. You have a whole canteen. Yeah, yeah, almost like a canteen. Yeah. He explained it as you're literally filling up your skin mm. Your skin sack. suit? <laughs> yeah, your skin suit with, with booze. But... um. No, I like that one too. I've heard many, many uh, restaurant professionals, you know, don't shit where you eat. Don't hear- dip the pen in the company. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. those. But I like don't fuck don't the payroll. Don't fuck the payroll is the best. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely. love it. It's uh, giving those human characteristics to an absolutely inadvertent object. Um, all right. Uh, or non human object. Anyway. Inanimate. Inanimate. Thank you. God, I, didn't, I, didn't I, even, just, I didn't even say it right. I didn't, so, it's pronounced anemone. My brain is struggling. Let's move on. To question number nine. Oh, this is the point I was going to make. But before we do, um, I just want to tell you that Das, where I work right now, love working there. We have an incredible crew. We're walking a fine razor's edge because Das is literally run by couples. Every single person that works there is dating someone else on the staff. It's insane. That's wild. We, we have of a, of a it staff. It means everyone's taken, so you don't have to worry about fraternization. You yeah, know who's sleeping almost, with who. It's almost so much the other direction. Uh, of a staff of almost 40 people, I'd say maybe 10 or 15 are single. Wow. You got, you got to get the lady on to tell the story she shared last night. I really hope she maker. does. I hope she does That's one of these great. days, but we'll see. Uh, she's gonna, I, lo- I love teasing that shit where the listeners like, what do you, that means nothing to me. It's like, yeah, give us $5. Dude, she might I'm actually sorry. listen to you if you try to motivate her. A Sweet. Bit. All right. Question number nine. Sorry, I didn't have my bell ready. Yep. Hazing pranks and games. Now, this is Mike and I's absolute favorite category. I know we use the word hazing, but what we're really trying to talk about is the ritualization of bringing somebody the initiation, new yeah. into the ret- restaurant business. And, you know, some of them are mean and some of them are a little bit Some, you know, them, some people can let it get out of hand. Yeah. And, that, and that's not, not really, we, we don't mind talking about that, but that's yeah. why we love this question because we're talking about the, the, the camaraderie yeah. bonding. We've had guests them. come on and tell us about how um, this, you know, hazing can be very disrespectful. That's mm-hmm. not what we're looking, about, uh, looking at. How do you guys pass the time and actually build team morale by mm-hmm. playing games, Keeping it light, pranking each other. There are so many good answers that I've, I've that I've both heard and seen and participated in over the years. Uh, there are so many great ways to just kind of really just screw with people in a, in a playful way. Like it, it, when, it, when it's malicious and when it's like you know mm-hmm. disrespectful, that's when it crosses the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a certain amount of just you know playful, and it and it builds an atmosphere of just like, hey, we've all done this. You're gonna do it now. now. You have You're to. part of the team. Yeah. yeah, and then you will have an appreciation for when you get to do it to someone exactly, next. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, I think, ever that I have heard and experienced once is take a garbage bag and you just walk over to like a like a new employee who's like hopefully like in their early twenties or maybe late teens, and you just walk over and you're like, "Hey, uh, Jessica, uh, can you uh, can, can you can you take this bag? Like you hand them a big garbage bag, be like." The walk-in, like, we're slow. We just need someone to help with downstairs. The walk-ins got a little fishy. Like, one of the fish went off. Can you go downstairs and just take this bag and fill up the air? Like, take the air in the in the walk-in. Get the fish smell. Take it outside. Let it out. Air out the bag. Go back in. Do that a few times. And just get that smell to, like, calm down a little bit. Yeah. And what someone will do is they'll take a fish and they'll, like, kind of, like, 
put it on the floor or something like something that's gone bad just put it on the floor in the walk-in so it actually smells a little fishy <laughs> and so that they're so they don't walk in there and be like it doesn't smell fishy in here but that way at least smells a little fishy uh, and so then they just do that for like five, they're ten in minutes. They're scooping bags of air. Bags of air, it out walking back. it out back, letting it out, shaking the bag, going back into the walk-in. That's a good one. It's funny that I we brought up that. it's funny that we brought up bartenders on this episode because John Mateer, the one that he would do, was getting the stale air out of one of the coolers where they or one of the freezers where they froze the ball ice cubes. Yeah. So you'd have to go you gotta go get you get this bag and scoop the scoop the, the stale, stale air, air out. Same, same kind of thing. They're always they're always just believable enough. Yeah. Just enough. Where you're like, that might make sense. Yes. <laughs> And also, if it smells fishy, maybe clean it. Yeah. Like, there's probably shouldn't... Like, yeah. the answer to the solution is just clean it. Like, yeah. you don't need to grab... But you're new. And yeah. you just want to do good. You know? So, it's, it's, so. it's fucking wild. Another good one is the... Uh, which which happens that... Which is easier to advert a, because it's just... It's harmless and it's fun. Uh, is to empty the hot water tank on the espresso mm. machine. Classic. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Because it's just the, f- the funnest one is to see how long the person sticks to yeah. it. That's What's the, the longest part. you saw somebody actually go for it? Like five minutes. Yeah. No, dude. Like, come on. Like, dude, I don't did have they time. Start mumbling to themselves the, where they're like, "God damn it, when is this thing?" Like, out? I don't have time for this. I have to go get the stale fishy air out of the fucking cooler, man. <laughs> My laundry list is too long. <laughs> I've got six more things to do. Yeah. Well, the best thing is when they look at you after like a minute or two, and they're like, "How big is this tank?" And they've got. Meanwhile, they're holding like a couple gallons of water. And that's when you do your best Donald Trump impression. Huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. Just keep stick. The stick wizardness is what we need. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so that's a good one. Uh, and then the best one, which I will attribute to uh, Steve Lamb, who's one of our old bartenders, who shared this gem of a story with me. Okay. Uh, is the bread button gag? He I don't worked, know this one. He, he worked at Langerman's. Long time ago, it was kind of, it's kind of like an outbacky, like American, okay, general American fair restaurant, uh, and they had like a bread basket, like just before the kitchen, it was like a, like a drawer, like a warmer basket, uh, okay, that people who made the bread and sliced. Well, it was it at would, the diner for the rolls. You yeah, remember that for the dinner. Yeah, rolls? they would just like slice the bread up and put it in there. Okay, and it was empty at one point, so he like looked at the new guy and he, and he closed the drawer and he's like, okay, cool, it's time. So he walked he walks out of the dining room and as he's walking back, he waits for the new guy to get by the bread drawer. And he, he just walks by with, like, plates in his hand toward, to the kitchen, just beelining it for the dishwasher. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, hey, hey, Jacob, uh, can you press press the bread basket? We're out of bread. Just press the bread basket. And he, or the bread button. And he just points to the wall in a general <laughs> direction next to the bread drawer. Press the bread button. And just walks to the dishwasher and drops the dishes off and walks back out. And as he's walking past him, like, Jacob's obviously, like, looking for the bread button. He's like, where? What? And he's like, it's right there. Just, just press it. And then meet me back in the dining room. And he just walks away. He doesn't stop. He just keeps moving. And, this is fantastic. And then he strolls back and forth. And Jacob's there for like minutes. Just like, what, what the shit? And then he looks at, and then they, obviously this is like a running gag in the restaurant. So oh, he'll like yeah. he'll like look over to Susan and be like, Susan, where's the bread button? And the second someone Susan hears, hears the bread it, button. a little tickle. Susan's just like, it's right there. And she walks away. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, like, everyone knows not to stop. Yes. If someone asks about the bread yes. button, you just point to it and you walk oh, away. Oh, it's right there. And yeah, just, it's right there. Just press oh, it. Oh, they moved it. It's actually over here now. You know? you just, <laughs> it's just great. It's so great. Uh, see, you know, our two most redundant questions answer-wise are pet peeves. Mm-hmm. We do it because, like I said, it gets the juices flowing. And we do hear mm-hmm. new ones and we different do, takes. We and, do, and so. we're always surprised when we hear new ones. Um, and it, it, I think I like the connective tissue of mm. all of us coming on the show and sharing the ones that aren't, yeah. you know, draining yeah. the hot water heater. 
But the reason we're never going to stop asking this question, I don't care what any fucking listener ever thinks, is because every restaurant's different. I've only worked at one that had a bread basket, uh, and I wish I would have thought of the bread button. That it's, is incredibly, It's fucking great. It's perfect. It's unique to you guys. Yep. Everybody's in on and, it. And what's great, too, the people who listen to this show, they get new material oh, from yeah. this. Like, like oh. if, if you've got a bread warmer, you know yeah, the, exactly. you've got a new joke you now. Yeah. You know oh, those, uh, those pranks that are hard to execute because there's always some asshole on the staff that can't keep it together like jimmy fallon's working at this restaurant and every time somebody tries to do a prank he's laughing his ass off and you like the people know it's a prank the great thing about this one is the simplicity with which you can get involved right you know when you hear the person say hey uh jen where's the bread button you know evan asked me to push it and and you know that you need to get out of there as quick as oh it's right there and then you boom you're gone you've bailed you, and, and it's a great way for you to never ruin the joke. The second you're through those double doors, you're laughing your ass off walking to a table. Yeah. You know, It's fantastic. It's fantastic. No, at that point, you'd get people walking by intentionally just to be able to keep hey, playing the joke. Hey, Steve, Steve's he's, doing he's the looking, bread button. He's looking for the bread button. He's, he's looking for the bread button. Get in there. The one new one I've adopted at Verde, because we, post-COVID, we've, to-go's have skyrocketed. Like Uber, Grubhub, all that. Mm-hmm. Our online sales have skyrocketed to the point where like, we used to have like a little folding table that's no bigger than that filing cabinet mm-hmm. that we would just put pizza boxes on, uh, and it, that was always enough. Like we never had more than a handful handful of pizzas mm. waiting to go out. And now we've got like dozens of pizzas at any one time on a Friday yeah. or Saturday mm-hmm. night. It's like madness. We have a new like you know metal shelving unit that we put up yeah. next to the host stand, uh, but table sixteen used to be there. In table sixteen, which I just found out last night, uh, was is still in the computer because like. We, we, oh, really? we, we were just haphazardly talking about it. In our POS system, table 16 still exists. It's a phantom it's a, table. It's a ghost table. So, like, sometimes servers will see table 16. They'll, like, think it's real. So, like, they've subconsciously seen it. They're like, oh, there's a 15, 16, 18. Because mm-hmm. I hate 17. That's a long story. <laughs> I made the table numbers. Is this get like over the it. 13th Florida hotel? Yeah, kind of. Oh. I hate 7 and thir- 17 way more than I hate 13. Why? Because 7, 8, 9? <laughs> <laughs> No, because seven's a garbage number mathematically. That's all. Whoa, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the only reason. It throws all the math in, in the out of out of out the window. This um, is bad. Some bad. sacred geometry but, shit. But, but I'll, ask, I'll ask new runners or something to run this to table sixteen, and I'll hand it to them. And I, and I and very much like the bread button. You're say like table sixteen, and you walk away. Uh-huh. And then they're like, okay, cool. I can I can figure that out. Even if they're new, they know the table numbers go in order, so they get to fifteen, and then they look to where sixteen would be. And then they look, and they're like, oh, I know that one's 18. That's the weird outlier that's, like, off by the bar by the yeah, front window. It's, yeah. like, the weird no man's land. That's one of my, that's so my, like, they, that's my favorite table. They the know building. that's 18, because yeah. that's the one we always cover in training. We're like, that one's 18. Don't forget about it. Everyone yeah. always forgets about it. It's off there in Narnia. Uh, so they get to 15, and they're like, what the fuck is 16? And they go upstairs, and they look around. They're like, no, that's four. It starts at 41 up here. They go back downstairs. They come find me. They're like, did you say 16? And I was like, yeah, just go drop the food yeah, off. Yeah, can you they, quit fucking around? Like, it's the, getting cold. The, the bell is ringing. How long have you been holding that food? Like, let's go. <laughs> it's, it's great. That's so it's, great, it's great, too, because you always want to provide good service, but then you've got customers like, our food is taking a little bit yeah. longer. You always do it when you're slow and when it's like a cold appetizer. Yes. Like, it's yes. got to be like a burrata and yeah, pesto you, where it's like, doesn't matter how long it sits on the counter. Where, where's, the, be... where's the server? Oh, he's looking for the bread button yeah. on table 16. <laughs> I got a bone to pick like... with you slightly. You lied a little bit. At halftime, you said you didn't have as much for the second half of the gauntlet. We just got four pranks. So. Well, no, no I, I didn't have enough much because, you know, Ratchety, like that's not yeah. that's not Verde's vibe. Yeah, 
Pranks are fair game. This has been awesome. I got quite a bit for that this one. This has been awesome. Man, I'm so happy you came on the show, and you have made easy work of the gauntlet. You, you. Uh, yeah, We've it's had a such a great time. We're going to bring it home now with question number 10. Mike, team up. Firing and quitting stories, or we, as we affectionately refer to this as... Getting 86 Mm. So yeah, we just want to hear about you know great, great, great quitting stories. Middle fingers to the sky. Going they can be down in a blaze of glory. Take this job and shove it. Uh, they can be yours, coworkers. I, I always tell people that there are eighty six different origins for the term eighty six. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite? So have you? Uh, so my We've fa- heard a few. My favorite is the uh, the bar in Manhattan that used to eighty six people onto eighty sixth Street. Oh, mm. uh, okay. They, during like prohibition. Yeah, I got you. Like they would be in a speakeasy. And, like, they had to deal with the cops, that if the cops showed yeah, up... Yeah, you gotta get out. Like, they would always come in the main entrance, and they would kick them out the back entrance onto 86th Street. Mm. Got it. And That's pretty good. it was called 86th and the Customers. There are so many. Do you know the I, one about the mafia in Las in, Vegas? Because that's our favorite I one. I think Javier told us the that, maybe. in Las Vegas. Probably. So, I've, I've read all of them. Getting read- 86 started in Vegas because uh, the mafia, when they would kill people out in the desert, they would drive them eight miles out and bury so, them yeah. six, six feet, feet deep. deep. Yeah. Okay. I do like that. Cool. One. Yeah. That's, that's the one. There, like. there are so many I can't even remember mm-hmm. them all. The Manhattan one is my favorite. Um, there's stuff like eighty uh, six. There, there's like military origin origins where like yeah. eight eighty six is like we're out of something. Some code term. Yeah. yeah or yeah. or there's like restaurant codes where like eighty six is like we're out of it or like so. I've always wondered if we could ever get to the heart of it. I don't there, think anybody there's no truly consensus. knows. Like, I don't every, think anybody ev- truly everyone knows. Everyone claims it. There's medical references. Like, uh, so, like, different you know, medical industries have an origin for but the That's what makes 86. it kind of fun. Because, yeah. like, the people from the places, like, from Vegas, like, no, it started here. Yeah. yeah. Trust the me. The people in Manhattan say yeah. it started there. The people in the nursing field yeah. say it started yeah. there. It's just everyone's got their own John origin. John Matier had a really good one, too. And I'm not, now I'm forgetting it. But, um, yeah, no, I love it. It's almost fun that it's this amalgamous thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of uh, actually answering your question, quitting stories, 86ing stuff, uh, we had, who will remain nameless, we had what we had one server at, uh, at Verde who, like we mentioned earlier, we invest heavily in our staff. Uh, we've actually said... And your customer base. from what And, and our customer base, yep. yeah. Uh, we, we are in the community service business, so we, we take care of people. And, you know, we might not be able to compete financially with some someone like Atlas in Baltimore or like one of yeah. these big corporations that own these giant restaurant mm-hmm. businesses. Uh, but we can certainly compete in giving a shit about you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's both the customer and the employee. It goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really cherish that relationship. So when COVID happened, we kept all of our staff employed. We made sure that everyone was taken care of. We never fired anyone that didn't want to already leave. Um, as people left throughout and, you know, yeah, going to do right. different things, we downscaled. We never cut anyone off. Our kitchen was employed the whole time, mm. which I don't think many restaurants in Baltimore could even say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, that's the level. We will bend over backwards. We've paid for uh, no less than three different people to go to rehab, one person oh, twice, wow. uh, through our own money, just because, like, hey, we want you want to be better. We want you to be better. Mm-hmm. We're not going to fire places would just fire you for the stuff yeah. that's happening. Yeah. That is unbelievable. That's why I know. I yeah. know when you hear the term, like this is a family, sometimes that kind of pisses people off. You know, they have very strong opinions about that, but just like this, like it is kind of, a, I mean, if you're, if you're literally paying for somebody to go to rehab, it's not just because you're trying to, you know, focus on the bottom line. You're trying to, you know, help that person be a better version of themselves and continue to be a part of what you're all doing together. So it's a I di- love that. And we talk so much about how this industry is wholly different from the 9-to-5 office job. I think a lot of times you can work a 9-to-5 office job and you can hide 
what you're struggling with maybe a little bit easier. It's not as easy. But you're behind a wall. Yeah. yeah there's less interaction. It's yeah. just not as easy. When you're when you're working at a restaurant and you're working late nights and there's alcohol around. Mm-hmm. It's, it's inherently a vulnerable industry. Right. Like and, not, not vulnerable. It's vulnerable to like mental health issues like you mentioned yeah. in your intro. But also it's vulnerable in a sense that like you put yourself out there. You're physically it, performing. Yeah. Right? Like you could sit at your desk and bury your head down behind that cubicle. But – if Evan sees you walk in and you're a little bit sluggish today, you're dropping things, you're quick to anger, like these things that are because you have to perform as a service industry employee, it starts to be like, huh, I'm not loving this. I'm not loving this trend that's happening. Yeah. You know, maybe this is something we have a deeper there, conversation. There's no hiding about. time. Like, mm-hmm. It's really you, tough. You, you can't take that 10 minutes to just go into the bathroom and scream. Yeah. Like you're on the clock all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Like, you're not, you're at the mercy of when people come in. And I think just through the nature of the business, the service industry, the people who seek it out and stay in it and are good at it are typically interesting people. Right. And, and they are good communicators. They, they have a personality about them. We good. certainly have never been said that we're, we lack interesting people. There are people in that industry. would have a hard time going and sitting in a cubicle and yeah. staring at a computer all day. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just right. saying, so it's just, there's, there's so many factors to it, but it is such a unique industry. And I think that's why this podcast has been so much fun because we've yeah. met so many incredible people through yeah. this. So I love that you guys put your money where your mouth is. I think, you know, I almost... If you have something else you can share, but I think this is one of those moments where I almost want to let that sentiment live as as your answer for the question, just because we don't, you know, a lot of the 86ing stories are these blaze of glory stories, and that's fine, but I think sometimes uh, it'd be nice to, again, talk about the thoughtfulness of where we go out of our way and say, you know, this hurt, this person's worth it. Unless you want to share another story. Yeah. I mean, I do have other stories. If we yeah. want to leave it on that note, I use that to preface what is to follow, but okay. it's, it's, it's not... You know, I, I can keep it brief, so we keep yeah. it mostly, what, Steve, mostly it what Steve usually says take is, this is your rodeo, we're just the well, clowns we, in we've it. We've had so. servers just flip tables and quit. Ooh, flip, flip a table? Like, so you've seen the During big, service? Yeah. So you've seen the big community tables we have in the bar. Uh, yeah, the one that the one that's right behind the bar Which seats. Which probably a weighs five, 600 pounds. The like, thing it, is it, not It's fucking, a chonky table. It'll fuck you up if you, that lands on your foot. You're, yeah. Like, you're going to shatter it, your foot. It'll crush a foot if you flip it and it lands. No question. So it was my day off. It was like a Tuesday night. It's always, night. it's always. It was there. my one day off. Of course. So it was like a Tuesday night, uh, and we were, you know, I wasn't there. You know, I had, uh, who was there? My dad had to leave, who was supposed to be closing the restaurant. Uh, so he had to leave because he, there was some community event or something with like a local councilman or something that he wanted to make an appearance at. So he was there for most of the night, left at like 8, 8.30. Uh, around like 9, 9.15, I get a phone call from one of our uh, one of our servers who's like so and so Felicity we'll call her Felicity's having a really shitty time and I'm like what do you mean I'm like well how do I say this because <laughs> he was there he was a great server there was a bartender there also uh, I like as he's on the call with me I get a text from my kitchen guys who's right. like hey we just cleaned up the whole bar and he sent me a photo of the table flipped and chili flakes everywhere and broken glasses on the ground and i'm like what this is my restaurant this is <laughs> like what is, what am i looking at uh and they they were just they just they had lost it they snapped this is one of the people we sent to rehab um so she you know that she was struggling with her own stuff but it was very much a a moment where it's the reason she quit is because you know, PPP and stimulus money went out during COVID and we had to pass it on to the staff. 
and they were expecting more. Maybe they budgeted for more. Maybe they got themselves into trouble and were hoping for more. Right. I don't know. Uh, but they got like three grand just as like a like a bonus. Like mm-hmm. here, this is what you would have made last year for this time. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to give you whatever you were short. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. And apparently that was enough to set them off. Hmm. Maybe it triggered something where they were just like, "I'm not, Felicity, I'm not ready." Felicity just lost it. Was she like a uh, like a CrossFit muscle hamster? <laughs> How did, did she get like anger strength? She, I to mean, flip yeah, that table? she was she was pretty strong. So holy, hell. I mean, she was she wasn't like a tiny little girl, but you know, she was she, still she, that. She had, listen, I think I'd have a tough time walking up and just flipping no, that table. Yeah, they're, they're they're substantial. That that was the impressive part. And like the tables in the dining room were all thrown about. It was after you stop being a little it, bit upset, where you're like, "I'm kind of impressed." It was Armageddon. <laughs> I was like, "Jesus Christ!" It's funny because she's a woman. Well, because you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, damn it! So I went on, when I heard this is great. When I first heard this too, I immediately thought that like a table pissed her off, and she was just like, "Fuck you!" Well, that that, 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 that would have been like a that little bit epic. You lost it because you got three extra grand. Yeah. One week. Yeah, there was like, yeah, it's like you said, you there, there was other stuff. We're trying to we're on. trying to do right by you, and thanks. Yeah, there's some nuance like, behind. It's not about, about the money for me. Yeah. I think that's a really good one. Any more before we bring it home here? No, I mean I think that's it. That's I love pretty that. Good one. Well, I could tell you about the one time someone almost died at the restaurant. Getting officially, but 86. that's uh, <laughs> 86 from from life. From life. Yeah, it was, it, All right, come was, on, no, was, let's go. Was, we gotta hear it. It was a tragic moment that uh, someone who was dabbling with you know drugs, you know drugs, alcohol mm. in the restaurant industry, uh, they got something from a source that they mm. didn't normally mm. get it from, uh, and it was laced with ketamine or something. Probably fentanyl. Fentanyl, I would, I would imagine. yeah. Uh, and it just it didn't react well with them. Mm-hmm. And the person who this is a perfect segue, Felicity. Happened to be there. Hmm. Was in rehab, was a drug addict, had struggled with drugs for many years. Uh, and is one of the people we sent to rehab and went twice and was doing better for herself. Thank God she was there that night. She had, like, Narcam wow. on she her. Was on her. Like, she could, she's revived people from, like, heroin overdoses wow. and all sorts of... Wow. She was... And I, was, and I wasn't there. Again, chaos happens when I'm the not night. there. It's always the night that you're not fucking there, dude. And she knew exactly what to do. She tilted him off over to the side. She made sure he wasn't drowning. She administered the drug and it was just, he was pronounced dead for like 30 seconds. Wow. Like he didn't have a pulse for 30 seconds and she brought him and back. She wouldn't have been there. And it, see, that's, this is my point. She's not there. If you guys don't invest in and her. And it's fucking wild how that comes back to pay you back. Yeah. Like well, we, yeah. we would have had someone die in our restaurant. If we, like any other restaurant, would have just let and, her go. And it was the person who was struggling with that, those things that was probably putting themselves in the same jeopardy of maybe, of maybe, yeah, losing and, and, and not being with us anymore. And it's not just that she stuck around, but it's because of the adversity that she went through that she was she there was to be able to take care which, of that situation. So. Which situation happened first, the table flipping or the... Uh, the table flipping had it after because she was the one who quit after that day. That oh, was wow. her last day. Wow. This was maybe a couple months prior. Okay. Man. Yeah, that's some. Uh, it, it's an it's an amazing amazing story. If you can just have a human the, moment and try to invest yeah. in people, it's a somber moment, but it's like laced with all sorts of. Hope. Laced was great, a great. bad word, my friend. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> interwoven with hope. It, it is accompanied by yes, by, by by great struggles and awesomeness. Yes. All right. What an unbelievable run through the gauntlet. Some incredible incredible tales. I do think uh, that at some point we got to get Mike into Verde because he hasn't had the pleasure yet but 
We will we'll in due time. You better as, cut my fucking pizza for yeah. me. Okay, as, <laughs> no, we, we do now. They do. They do. <laughs> as, as, years we after have that beer bottle, the one you're like, wee, 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 you know, so. as we bring it on home, we want to take you now. We want to turn the tables. Ah, oh. uh, exactly. Back to you. We've asked you a lot of questions. We put the screws into you, but now is when you get to take over the show. This is our section called clean up. The customers are out. It's time to clean up the bar. Mike, why don't you start Evan out with the first cleanup question? Yeah, so is there anything uh, that we missed uh, doing the show today? Is there anything else about the service industry that you just want to share or get off your chest? I think we, 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 we touched on a lot. Um, I'd just like to reach out because I know you, I, I'm really happy when I, when, I first, when, you, when I first met you, Steve, at the bar, and then you know when you offered me to come on here, I watched a, a few episodes or listened to a few episodes of your podcast, and I was touched that you began every section every segment with you know a shout out to people and taking care of themselves and i think in the restaurant industry it's often easy to overlook the people it's it's a business of people and it's you know people interacting with people and taking care of people Mm -hmm. and so often we focus on like how can you take care of your guests instead of how can we take care of you absolutely and at verde like we alluded to just just now um that's a huge thing for us is that if you're struggling if you've been in a breakup like my office door is always open, mm-hmm. and I think it'd be great if some of these bigger corporate restaurants would take that to heart. Mm-hmm. And that's where they lose people; well, they're just not willing to invest the time. There's and also energy. there hasn't been a lot of resources for that because, mm-hmm. um, and I feel so bad. Um, Chow is in, Chow, I was literally just about to shout yeah, him out, which is the Culinary Hospitality Outreach and Wellness Group. Yeah, and she, uh, well, I'm sorry, I feel like such an asshole. What, what was her name? She was incredible. Now you're gonna put yeah, me in the spot. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I feel, I feel even worse. Felicity was we, great. We, no, we, <laughs> we we interviewed her from Chow, and I had a there's there was a problem with the way the file got downloaded on our thing. So I was trying to fix it, couldn't figure out. I, I, I'll get it figured out. But Let's I just d- talk about Chow. I'm just saying, I feel bad because it was supposed to be released in May because we actually donated our Patreon's money to Chow. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chow is really awesome. It's um, a free resource. But um, they give restaurants and managers the tools to be able to work with mental health of their um, co- their employees, but not put the onus on them to learn how to be a therapist. They give them the mental health playbook. They've yeah. actually developed Child, this, Child. this great playbook for hospitals, d- devoted to hospitality. Especially people like you that are managers and care about this. This gives you these resources. Yeah. And there's others out there. And I'm, I'm so sorry. They do regular not only, no, not only have I never released virtually. the episode, but I f- forgot your name. I'm a piece of shit. We'll have you back on. You can tell me how much I suck at podcasting. But we are going to release that. But there, it's, it's finally getting to that point where the industry is realizing that this is something that we need to focus on. And there are more and more organizations getting yeah. out there and trying to provide those resources, which and is thankfully, really cool to see. Thankfully, more people like you, because I do mm-hmm. think that a lot, for so long in my restaurant career, I just worked for a lot of people that fell ass backwards into that management position. They were somebody that didn't want to be a bartender anymore and needed salary, so make them the manager. Mm-hmm. They were somebody's son or daughter, so we're going to make them the manager. And uh, a lot of them didn't have formal training for how to manage people um, or care enough to try to put in the effort. Mm-hmm. It's clear that, that you do. So I think that's oh, really And don't special. get me wrong. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like, it I, don't, I don't want to understate that. It people is. are like, oh, yeah, but like he's acting like it's so easy. I'm like, no, it's brutal. Yeah. Like day in, day out. Emotional. I've, I've got my own bullshit going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, you okay. know. Uh, so it, it, I, I understand that it can be hard. It, it, it is the extra mile. And it's not necess- it's not necessary. Like it's not your job as an employer to take care of your employee. Yeah. But it is what makes you different. Yeah. Um 
There's and, a reason you, know, you guys have been open for yeah, 11 because, years, because, my friend. Literally I'm serious. Because literally every one of our employees, I can think about something. Like, we've got one server who's estranged with his parents. We've got one whose brother just uh, tried to unalive himself. We've mm-hmm. got someone whose mom's got cancer. Like, it's literally everyone's dealing with something. Yeah. In- and you just sometimes they just need to be there and like they will come in the office at the end of the night and be like can i just sit here for 20 minutes like it's like 9 30 we closed at nine and they're just waiting on their boyfriend to finish you know do it and he's like can i just sit here mm-hmm. like that's and like sometimes like i'm just doing paperwork in the office yeah. they're like i just want to sit here and be with someone and not be on the floor yeah and stress out yeah. so it, and this is, it's almost cliche at this point but you always hear everyone is going through something that you have no idea about. Yeah. And the, the smallest thing you can do is to just treat that person with respect and kindness. Mm-hmm. That's the least you can do. You thinking that you are entitled to blow up on this person for whatever reason, you have no idea what else is going on in their or- life. And you're, and you're focusing on such a small and petty interaction. And it can have it can have greater implications than you are intending. So. And, I, and I think Amy Ward also said on her show, it's not even just the blowing up and being critical. It's you don't know how mo- a moment of kindness yes. or just patience or just being open to somebody could be a game the changer. Day, the, the little thing that you know saves their faith in humanity for that yeah. day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, on so, a less somber note, Mike. Yeah. So, so next we also want to hear, give us your recommendations for places. It doesn't have to be Baltimore, but obviously we'd love to hear Baltimore. Okay. Bars, restaurants. Food, uh, and, and then additionally, any plugs uh, for projects or anything like that that you want to give a shout out on the, on the pod? Uh, wow, that's... It's a big... big You're looking... <laughs> recommendations and plugs. Just think about it. Recommendations and plugs. Uh, big fan of La Cuchara. Uh, up north Shout in Baltimore, out. yeah, that's uh, we've got one of our servers has a has a birthday coming up, and he's like, "Where should I go?" And I was like, "Go there." And he's like, "Everyone says that." I'm like, "There's a reason." <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, why is it uh, uh, Rye down in Fells Point? Yeah, an old old friend of ours, Perez, owns that place. Love him, love him to bits. Uh, There's so many great like cocktail bars. Like, We're really like, having niche a cocktail soon. bars. Uh, Greyhound on Fleet Street makes mm-hmm. some good cocktails. Uh, you've got uh... oh man, it's it's so weird how when you're on the spot, it all just kind of falls away. No, it's okay. Yeah, you've uh, already named some really good yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could. Get, I wish I could get some, more. But what about are. somewhere you've been enjoying eating recently? If you, I know that's hard because oh, man, you, I, you... I I wish I could get out more. Like, <laughs> it's, it's genuinely. Um, Gunther and Company does a nice job. There you go. That's um, I've I've heard so. decent things about Marta. Uh, over in Canton on Brewers or Butchers Hill, yeah, uh, Marta, yeah, yeah, right, uh, just south of the park yeah. in, in Upper Fells, um, so. in incredible, incredible fi- fi- place. Find uh, just just find places that are small. Like there are a lot of great small family run restaurants. Uh, Mayuri Tavern, Thai place right around the corner from Verde, small really? family owned place. You're gonna have to point that one out. I don't know that one. Fleet and Patterson, or Fleet and Conkling, Collington, okay. like right, right there. Okay, so I gotta I, check I, that I out. Lo- I understand. Like I said, you know, there's so many, but you're struggling to think of yeah. them right on the spot. But I, I'll love this too, and I'm sure this goes for a lot of cities. But Baltimore is one of those places where you can pick an area in the city you want to go explore. Just go walk around, hidden go, gems, go man. check some Just stuff out. Uh, the I, I call them the Asian, the Asian duo, but Katana on Boston Street, and then Ni Hao, fantastic yeah. Chinese place. I love Ni Hao, uh, and I feel bad because. That block of Boston is just a cursed location. It's so tough, man. It's so wild because the parking there can't be any worse than the parking in Verde. So I wonder why no one goes. Do you there. know what it is? It is literally the um, it's the thought process of how people are moving. Fells is on one side, Canton's on the other side. So the in between is literally just a road. 
people think about it as like, oh, I'm going from Fells to Canton, from Canton to Fells. It's really hard to get an anchor there. And for a long time, it was Captain James. That almost anchored people onto that corner and, and some other people, some other things survived. But I've always wondered the same way, the same thing. There have been some great places up and down that block that just can't get going. They can't get traction. I, I think it's because those two, those two districts pull people away like a magnet, you know? You did just remind me of one. Uh, Be more Taqueria. Yeah. In, like, Upper Fowles area. Like, Eastern Broadway-ish. Yeah. Love Be more I love uh, Elsa Boer Taqueria, too. We've been on That's there. That's a good one. We've been on there. Yeah. Speaking of one of your neighbors. But yeah. um, uh, these are good. These are really good recommendations. So any any plugs or shout-outs? Yeah, especially for, for Verde. Some uh, of the special things you guys might be doing. But it doesn't have to fall. be a, a restaurant yeah, yeah. or so, a bar, so, either. So, so. like, our, our first of all, shout-out to our entire staff. Uh, we've had the same kitchen staff for about 11 years. There's only a few people who've been there less than five or six years. Uh, so shout out to them. Whatever we do wouldn't be possible without them. Uh, same thing goes to the front of house. We've got amazing young talent that I'm really looking forward to. We've got a staff meeting this Saturday. Darwin. To kind of lean back. Sorry, I got yeah. your name wrong. Yeah. Outstanding Dar- work. Darwin, Elise, Jose, Melanie, Zaire, Kella, like all of them, all fantastic. They, they, What they lack in knowledge, they have in wanting to do it right. Yeah. Uh, which is hard to find, and you, you hope for that in every restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad and stepmom, Ed and Marianne fantastic without them nothing none of this would exist uh and well, our pod know. would still exist you just wouldn't be on. <laughs> yeah so yeah I'm it, sorry. It, it, I'm would still, it would still around. be birches <laughs> uh the old building um but yeah uh you know I, I i'm just thankful 11 years ago i would have never considered to be this successful and it's popular in t- just the thought of people saying that like oh verde is just a it's a baltimore institution mm. Like, there are so few places that can be like, oh, we are Baltimore. I was embarrassed that I had not been yeah, there. Yeah, that, that is the, that, 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 that's, that's sentiment. Not a, if that's not a good testament to what you've built, I was embarrassed that I mm-hmm. live here and I didn't know about you it. Always be the look on people's face when I'm at a bar or somewhere and my friends will be like, oh, yeah, his family owns Verde. And they're like, what's Verde? And then the look on the people's face around me, even like guests that are not just, with me. They just took a like, shot of a lord. <laughs> you beat me to it. You've never good heard job. of Verde? <laughs> Like that, that is one of the greatest feelings any business owner can have. And that I just want to say like for all of Baltimore, like thank you all from the bottom of my heart. Like it's been fantastic this 11 years. And you know, hoping for another decade. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I love we'll see, it. We'll see where we are in my 40s. You see how much better that this flowed when we rearranged the question, Steve. I agree. <laughs> I think um, so. So I think we, the next episode, you um, should drive the bus the entire fuck off. time. I'm not doing that. I, I will do a little shameless plugging. Verde. Uh, every night we've got awesome specials. Uh, Monday's 25% off pizza. Tuesday's 50% off any bottle of wine. Yeah. Uh, over 50 bucks. Uh, Wednesday is our community night. So teachers, doctors, nurses, any medical or school staff, your first beer or wine on draft is on us. Cool. Uh, with the purchase of a you pizza. You still got a tip, people. Yeah. Don't forget about that. Thursday is date night. It's an awesome three-course dinner for 60 bucks a couple. Uh, for 35 bucks, you can get six glasses of wine and two after-dinner drinks. Uh, Steve, so you want to go out a, later, babe? That is a steal. To. You don't it have to be a date. We, we've done. We've done sisters. We've done mothers and daughters. We've Everybody's done, available. Yeah, um, and then we do lunch and brunch. If you never had an egg on a pizza for Saturday or Sunday afternoon, I have, but it was from a gas station, so I probably need to try some more stuff. So. Yeah, how's your stomach doing? Well, there's other reasons. It's been for different that, ever since that day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you did brunch. Yeah, so brunch uh, twelve to noon on Sunday. We do a full brunch with eggs, homemade French toast, polenta. Really? Yes, you will be seeing me. Never had a poached egg with a mushroom reduction, uh, oven roasted mushrooms on top of homemade polenta. You are missing out. Okay, book nice. it. Um, the lady and I are going to be there. 
I'm, awesome. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. And we're always doing certain things. We're, we're looking to pick up our monthly pizza-making classes. Um, so if you go on vernipizza.com and look up our events, you'll see all sorts of different events and classes. Oh, we fun. do sip and paint stuff. Cool. That uh, sounds we're awesome. We're doing an October puppy costume contest on the 29th or 28th. <laughs> Whatever that Sunday before Halloween is. Where can people find a lot of this information if they uh, want to check you yeah, out? VerdyPizza.com. We're on Instagram as well. We'll, uh, we'll put it. Pizza. We'll put the information on the show Absolutely. notes. So just yeah. scroll down and you can click right on it, folks. Wonderful. Yep. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. We well, got, we're going to we, bring we, it on home. We have one more question. Okay. Let's because I know we we've got somebody else coming too here any any minute. Um, give us a, another bartender that you think needs to be on the show. In the industry. Uh, I mean, they don't still have to be working. They can be out. We've yep. interviewed plenty of people great. that are officially uh, 86 themselves. So I, I themselves. mentioned Steve Lamb, who gave you the bread basket yeah. story. Um, I can give you his number. He's he's a character. Like, if you if you, if you you enjoyed this vibe, he's a similar kind of dude. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I can already tell from the bread button. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think he'd be fantastic. Um, we also have an old bartender named Christian Stoddart. Uh, who was our original bar manager who put us on the map cocktail-wise. Mm. Okay. Uh, and he is a veritable information. Uh, they're both currently liquor reps, so they're still in the industry, but they're no Great. longer bartending. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Yeah, yeah. Every, to Steve and a Christian. Every, every one of our, I'll give you both their information, but every one of our former bar managers is currently a liquor rep. So like that's, mm. we've kind of like propelled you people. Graduated people. It, it's, it's really a shame in this industry that the best money you can make is by being the worst bartender. Like those <laughs> corner dive bars make the best money. Yeah. Just throwing beers around over a counter. Yeah. And the better you get at your craft, it's harder and harder to make the mm. same money. Yeah. And it's a shame, but it is a means to an end. Mm. You become bar manager and then, you know, maybe a beverage director like it is. We're hoping in some weird way this show can it can be a way to help propel and promote some of these people's brands because mm, yeah, we're we're always looking for sponsors. So you know, you know, one of the one of the some of the people we've met have a very clear vision for their career. I mean, Kim and Shaw, what they've mm-hmm. turned their restaurant career into mm-hmm. is nothing short of just amazing. How mm-hmm. they've developed their own consulting business, and um, man, if we can help uh, promote that stuff, that's great and. Always, always happy to um, plug one of my favorite places in town. So thank you for sharing that. Yep, Gauntlet's been thrown down yeah. for Christian and Steve. Got a couple more questions for you. Cool. This, this is the tip out. Fire away. Uh, Steve, why don't you, why don't you ask them? So we, we wrote this question tongue-in-cheek. I know you have it on your paper before mm-hmm. you, so it's not going to come as a total surprise. But I'm sure as an industry vet, you understand why we wrote it that way. Let's make Mike and I laugh. Um, why do you do this, a.k.a. why do you fucking hate yourself? Uh, so my big thing is nail biting. Okay. Like, so, so that, that's a big thing I hate about myself in terms of like the restaurant industry. Though. <laughs> like, this is the first time they were like, I let just me just give you the city like, 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 that I really don't like. Like that's just, you know, <laughs> I, I'm of the opinion if you don't wear your insecurities on your sleeve, it'll just eat you up. From they inside. will eat you alive. Yeah. Yes. So I'm just going to throw that one out. <laughs> they before will chew I, you down like a nail. <laughs> I read your question and I was like, this is not what he means, but I'm going to say it anyway. I love it. That's great. Uh, that's great. So there's a, there's a certain joy that just comes back. Like whatever you put out in the world, it tends to come back yeah. to you in a similar kind of vein. Like it'll rhyme with itself. Um, and there's just something about the service industry and people going out to eat is so often looked at as a, uh, this is a bodily function. I must, I must do mm-hmm. means to an end. Yeah. But it, it can be so much more. And that's, that's what Verde really leans into. And that's what I get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, doing magic for people at the guests or at the table uh, you know, disappearing, disappearing toothpick or a card trick they can't understand or, a, you know, a bar trick. 
if you ever want to know about a bar trick or a bar game you can play and like win some money at the bar, just let me know. I've so got what dozens. I'd love to do, because we, we haven't done a lot of, we do, we typically do a shift drink at the end of these episodes for bonus content for mm-hmm. our Patreon members. Um, what I'd love to do, we would have to do this later. You need to get a, a video camera and we need to see some magic tricks and some bar <laughs> games from you. And we can put those yeah, up. Not to that make you so a piano bar, but I'm with Mike yeah. on that. Like, you could literally go that. out to Verde uh, on a slower time and just, uh, and we can, you know, share some of that with the, uh, the listeners. That'd as be well. totally fine. I, I could show you, I could show you and your bartenders, literally all the bar tricks I know. Oh, you you, you so put, cool. you put a coin on the bar you put a pint glass, maybe yeah. six inches behind it. And you say, without moving the, without touching the coin or moving the glass, get this coin in the glass. And it, it blows people's mind trying to figure out, trying mm. to noodle, noodle the words around and try to figure out how it's done. And it yeah. is, it's one of the coolest reveals. Um, and it's just, it's just a fun little bar gag. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, our final question for the day. This has been an absolute thrill. It's been great getting to know you better. This is the most time that we've spent together. Yeah. Um, and the first time we've got to really hang out outside of Verde. Because a lot of times when I, you know, every time I've seen you, you've been on the clock. And so this has been a, a ton of fun. Appreciate you sharing all these wonderful stories and, and the insight that you have. Uh, we do <laughs> – this last question could be a little odd. Um, if you open a bar, what would you call it or what would the theme be? You're kind of there. But so, so, no, I always tell people. My dad, my dad and Marianne opened the uh, – Yeah. Uh, open Verde. Uh, if I were going to open a bar, it would be – there would be like a nerdy – uh, like a nerdy reference in there somewhere. Uh, what I tell people is like, there used to be where Mizu Sushi is on yeah. Fleet Street now. It used to be called That Sushi Place. Mm. And which is which is a great name for a sushi place. It's like place. some Bob Burger shit, right? Yeah. There. yeah. And I, I would like to think that my bar would have a oh. similar kind of I've, similar kind of vibe. Best one I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Thai Place Near Me. <laughs> Wait, that's the name that's of the restaurant. The restaurant's name is Thai Place Near Me. So that when people Google Thai Place First Near Me, it pops up. It, oh my god, that's fantastic! Brilliant. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. If I had to pick something, oh god. Uh, so you know, I I say it would be a pun, but really it would probably be something more more sentimental and the only thing i can think oh, okay. of that's like very sentimental that's like it's like catchy and it could work it's forest okay with a ph oh. because my dad's license plate growing up our, um, our last name is bosco which means wood or forest okay nice. uh and his license plate or my license plate growing up was forest with a ph mm. p-h-o-r-s-e-s-t that's pretty cool I uh, like the sentimental meaning. Yeah, I thought little, you were a little yeah. bit of a hidden meaning. I thought yeah. you were about to set us up for like a prank there. Like no, you, no, you were it's genuinely. Say, no, I thought you were going to say before you went sentimental with it. I thought you, when you were saying well, I would kind of nerd it out and I would you know work something into the title. I thought you were going to make it like Baltimore's best burger is the name of the place. <laughs> and then when people get there, you're like, yeah, we don't serve burgers. We're a taco joint. <laughs> you know, something like that. A little bit of misdirection. Yeah, but um, yeah, like be more than you are kind of a cool cool like sentiment it. it's a little long for a restaurant name but. yeah we, we 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 haven't really <laughs> captured the zeitgeist of verde yeah. but um no i think Ver- i think forest is really nice yeah. verde is super brandable like that's what i love mm. about it yeah it's short it's understandable it's mm. recognizable mm-hmm. people it's don't good. have to like like chingale you're like how the fuck do i say this mm-hmm. and I've what does it even it mean so many different ways too. yeah so like chingale is a great name because it's boar it's their logo it's it's a great name for a restaurant but you run into the problem where like people don't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love love that as a as a restaurant name, and I hope that this is um, 
you know, that the expression of your passion for this business is only starting. I would love to see some of the other things that you do in your career as, uh, as Verde continues to grow and as you, uh, you know, are, are bring a little bit of the human uh, thoughtfulness mm-hmm. to not just your staff, but patrons in this industry in general. It's been a pleasure, my man. Thank you. We're going to get you out of here. Say goodbye to the barflies before I sign them off. All right. Goodbye, all you, you wonderful, wonderful barflies. Take care of yourselves. Yes. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Until the next episode, fuck off. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening along, and thanks for drinking along. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, we release new episodes whenever we can. A big shout-out to our friends over at Trauma Parlor, who sung Fast When You Heard throughout the show. Go check them out. They're on Facebook and Spotify, and show those motherfuckers some love. Damn right. And if you want to be one of our regulars, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at the BRP Drink Along. Just BRP Drink Along. Yeah, no, the. BRP Drink Along. You can listen along anywhere you get your podcast just by searching the Bartender Rant Podcast. Please, guys, subscribe, rate, and review. This is the best way to help us grow the show and reach new listeners. The more ratings and reviews, the faster we climb up the charts. And Mike and I, honestly, we just really need some personal validation from you guys. Yeah, well, from anybody, honestly. But it does help when it comes from people that we don't know. And don't forget, if you're a Spotify user, be sure to check out the BRP playlist on our Spotify profile. We've honestly got some really cool playlists on there for you, just sharing some music. Uh, But most importantly, we have the BRP Industry Night playlist, which each guest that comes on the show gets to pick three songs. They're all added chronologically, so you can go and see what your favorite guest's music taste is. Yeah, and if you actually want to rep the show, we have so much kick-ass show merch. Get yourself some of that. Um, Check it all out on... Check out all of our amazing swag. Uh, the link to the uh, is in the show description and on our Instagram page. Please do that. Post some pictures of you uh, supporting us. Yeah, we'll send, send it to us. We'll, we'll put, we, we have a whole little merch thing on our Instagram. Absolutely. Send us a picture of you wearing our merch, and you'll be on the on our Instagram. Yeah, we'll support you if you support us. And if you just want to hang out with Mike and me, join us the first Monday of every month for a virtual industry night happy hour. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to meet some fellow bar flies. You're going to listen to the bartender uh, guest playlists. And you can also tell Mike and I how much we suck at podcasting. Make sure you follow us on social media for us posting those links. They usually come out 24 to 48 hours before that first Monday industry night day. Um, Now, for all you shit talkers out there, it is your turn on the mic. We've set up a bartender hotline called the Suggestion Box. This is where you can air your grievances, tell your stories, or just rant about the bullshit you just put up with on your shift. Just dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T and drop us a line. Mike and I will play the best of the bunch and react to your crazy stories on this new bonus segment. So the next time the bar business has you saying, fuck me, just dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T. Yeah, and if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant Podcast on Patreon, where you'll get access to our bonus content, like the Boilermaker tapes, like the uh, Suggestion Box, uh... And it's so much more, you know, check that out. It's a great way to help the show continue to grow. You get your name on an episode uh, or and then uh, also you get some good bonus content from us as well. No doubt. And if you want to be a big tipper, a.k.a. one of our Bozells, feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of our executive producers and shout out your name and drink of choice in our uh, half during our halftime. Well, segment. or maybe at the end. Man, we'll figure it out. We're going to figure it out. I'm just going to quickly name some of our amazing and generous Bozells. We have Mike, 
Mikey Sr., Mike's actual daddy, with a 7 and 7 and a maraschino cherry. We have the glorious Chandler. And the brass monkey. And the brass monkey. Leah Grace, all the way from Vegas with a classic old-fashioned. Brandon from the Bartenders, you know, one of our... Uh, kind of uh, sister uh, Another podcast. partner in crime. Another partner in crime. Awesome. And he does daiquiris and car bombs, which is an odd combination, but more power to him. Leo, all the way from uh, Paris by way of Brazil, mm-hmm. and his favorite drink, the grasshopper. We have Javier, Dac till death. Dac till he death, is a, motherfucker. The, he is the daiquiri daddy. He I is. mean, he's that high, that high ester, that butane rum. Love that drink. He is such a great guy. Uh, also from out in Vegas in our Vegas bar crawl. And finally, Regina. No, not finally, but go on. Regina Grace, draft natty light and a hot malort champagne fluid. Uh, love her. She was. Uh, she's so kind. And if this is her episode you're listening to right now, or just listen to, by fucking god, she crushed. Look, Mike and I do this. No, no, Justin. Oh, Justin. Do we have others? Justin. Go ahead. Justin Tress. Oh, Justin Tress. Getting some love from Doss, baby. I Big Tress, dude. My bad, buddy. Um, Justin Tress, one of my former colleagues at Doss Beer Hall. Now moved on to the local, uh, but we love him. We miss him, and he put his money where his mouth is. He's supporting the show. I actually need to hunt him down for his favorite drink. We're gonna have to find out. Okay. I know, I know, he likes Natty Light and Rumple. So for yeah. now, it's gonna be Natty Light and Rumple. Um, thank you, Tress. You're a good man. Uh, Mike and I do this because we love the industry and we want to bring you guys great content. But this is not our day job. With your not help, yet. we. Maybe, maybe in time. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along, drink along. Yeah. yeah. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their national helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along. But more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, please reach out to their national helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, We're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast, and we want you to stick around, and Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mention my heinous crimes I've done to mankind. Got it. <laughs> Especially if the statute of limitations haven't run up. Um, tell me a little bit about your drink, the name. And uh, Nibia Verde. So Nibia Verde. Nibia Verde. It's Italian for green mist. <laughs> green mist. Okay. Mm-hmm. And am I using your last name? Am I going with Evan Bosco? Want. Evan Bosco is fine. Okay. Yeah. Some people just want Evan or they'd use a yeah. fake name and I just wanted to be sure. Okay. Now get the name out there, man. Yeah, the, the Boscos have a great lineage. Um... Not really. <laughs> my bro- you mentioned California, so my brother's a voice actor out there. So I oh, nice. really that's why I have any knowledge about microphones. That's and pretty it's cool. Not a lot. But um, I, have a, I have a schmidgen. <clears throat> the Nibia Verde is that your? Um... That is that is our name. It is essentially a basil Moscow mule. Okay. So it's uh, instead of using ginger beer, we use a ginger basil syrup. 
Because it's, uh, it's still... Yep, so you've got you've got an Italian organic vodka. Nice. We don't use that in Cures. the drink at the restaurant, but I brought Cures. the nice stuff for you guys. So we've got we've got a vodka, we've got fresh lemon juice, a homemade basil ginger simple syrup, and uh, that little thing on the end is Fee Foam, which oh, is an awesome foam. organic... I like the logo uh, on that. Yeah, so Fee Brothers is a really cool, like, it's basically soap without the soap part. It's just the foam part. Oh. Yeah, because so fun fact, soap doesn't need to foam. Does that, uh, you know, I saw some cocktails over the weekend just, you know, while I'm shitting on Instagram mm-hmm. that had these foam towers on them. That's probably like a meringue, like where it's like a thick foam. No, no, no. This was like a two foot high. It looked like bubbles, like out of Interesting. Like, okay. It was so strange. It was, um. They make these cool guns now that you can put smoke in a bubble. Have you seen those? Yes. Yeah. So was yeah. it something like that? No. Or was so like an artificial bubble? Coop class. Okay. Right? What looked to me the way that they were putting it together like some sort of manhattan take. Okay. Maybe a man of war. I, I didn't catch all the ingredients. I was kind of like just doom scrolling. And um, uh, it was some restaurant in Chicago that was saying, this is our most expensive drink on the menu. And people still order it. We can't believe it. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, we've got we've got like $26, $27 pizzas on our menu. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, we still can't believe people order that. Well, you guys, yeah, but you guys are, I yeah. mean, the answer is quality, right? Like, yeah. we're, I'll... <laughs> I'll order that if it's worth it. And, and also, it, you, it you go to the, even the shittiest of pizzerias these days, and margaritas are like 17 18 bucks. So I'm like, how are they getting it? Yeah. And like, we can't get any pushback on our $19, $20 margarita. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone else is getting... I think it's just... Test microphone, check, I think it's check, a lot of your two. atmosphere. Like, okay, when I walk in there, I automatically feel like, hey, they've put in so much effort to present this to me, yeah. I'm just talking about the atmosphere. Eleven years of effort. Yeah, they put in so much effort to present this atmosphere to me. Like, I almost make a conscious choice. Like, I'm not gonna be cheap at all, right? Like, I'm going to spend because of the great product. Can you move your mic up? Because I feel yeah. like a lot of time you've been talking over it. I don't think you're right about that. <laughs> is that better, baby? I hope so. It'll be fine. Yeah, it is gonna be fine.